0: All right, just sitting here. I'm Joe Murray. I think today is Wednesday. I'm losing track of my day. Yesterday was Taco Tuesday. Lit it up yesterday. Tacos. Got a nice burrito. Got some uh, scoop Tostitos, not the other Tostitos. Got the scoops with the salsa. And uh, it was a very good day. Um, Had Kristen's sermon on yesterday. We talked about all the hot spots, and uh, it was very fun, and it made me very hungry. Uh, we got Ty Anderson today. We'll uh, bring him in in just a minute here. Uh, I will recap some stuff later on in the show. There was a dark side of the ring last night uh, that I was interested in. And uh, Money in the Bank Wrestling, for those wrestling fans out there, it is this Sunday, and it's going to be a shit show. So uh, I'm excited to get into that in just a little bit. Uh, Again, just sitting here on Spotify, YouTube, and on iTunes. And I appreciate everybody. The numbers look good. Like, I just did this for fun. I, have, I guess people are actually interested in the guests that we have on the show. So, uh, and there's a big buzz about Ty Anderson today coming on. So, uh, but again, Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes, and we are live right now on Facebook and on Twitter, Periscope, and I'm trying to get us in other places like YouTube and Instagram Live. And if Instagram Live happens, who knows? The, the, the whole thing will just just go to crazy, and we'll have tons of viewers. Um, but again, uh, Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes and we'll bring in today's guest his name is Ty Anderson he is from 98.5 the sports hub you see him uh writing on the site you sometimes see him down at the garden shooting the shit with the players but what is Ty Anderson doing right now with no hockey and the fact that you can barely go outside um I see you get the Star Wars in the background I hope the fourth will be with you and may the Sith be with you
1: oh come on now
0: but how, uh, how, are, how is quarantine going for one Ty Anderson?
1: Uh, it sucks. I mean, this is not fun. Uh, the first few weeks, you know, you're kind of like, you know what? I could use the break. There we're 70 games in the NHL season. Football ended, you know, January earlier than usual. And you were kind of ready for that break. But by the second week, third week, I was like, all right, that's enough. Let's get back to work. And now we're on the, what, the sixth week, the seventh week, whatever
0: it eighth, is. Eighth week.
1: Yeah, time is an illusion at this point. Um, so it's been weird. There have been days where I I don't start my day until two p.m. Uh, I, I'm just up until five or six in the morning because time doesn't work in this in this realm that we're in right now. So it's been weird. Uh, I'm I'm out of things to do though. I will be honest with you. I'm out of things to do.
0: I'm out of shows. I, I need something else. Well, I know you, know. you
1: called me. That, that, <laughs>
0: that's everything. <laughs> no, no, no. You, so what, sorry, so, the, so how it happened was one day I sat here one day. It was the death of Kurt Cobain, and Lane Staley is my favorite, and they both died on the same day eight years apart. So I was like, all right, I want to talk music and wrestling. So I came in one day, did 50 minutes on music and wrestling. People liked it, and I was like, okay, well, maybe what I'll do now is maybe I'll have somebody talk about a topic with me. So I called Billy Lanny and I'm like, Billy, let's talk about like everything. And so we did. And then I'm like, all right, well, who else? Let's get lift Shats on. And then it's just now. Now it's like a murderer's row. It's like, now people are like, Hey, I want to come on today. But I was like, I want Ty Anderson on because last week Michael Hurley was on and we did a segment on emo, Mm -hmm. like emo bands. And dude, we went down a rabbit hole about what happened in the two thousands. Like it was Lincoln park and Nickelback and and three doors down. And then all of a sudden it it turned into like, I don't know. Well, Blink was kind of big already, but it turned into like sugar cult and like all these other bands. And then the emo pop punk thing happened and like brand new and like starting line. And then like, it just like turned into like craziness and then it all disappeared. Like where where did it all go? I want to talk about that later on in the show here, but this is the question I've been asking everybody first and foremost. Um, I know you have a good relationship with the Bruins players. But first, if you could be quarantined with one person uh, from the place in Dorchester that is our employer, uh, what would that, who would that one person be and why?
1: Oh, um, all right. Well, I would say Felger, but he would kill me by like the second day. I would just drive him insane. Um, I would have to say probably Jim Murray because he would have really good Uber Eats recommendations. And that's kind of the name of the game right now. You can't go to the grocery store every day and you're home more than ever. So you go through groceries faster than ever before. So you need those Uber Eats recommendations. And I feel like he would have some good ones just based on, uh, you know, his his Treat Yourself series, all the restaurants he knows, all the places he's been. Uh, So I feel like that'd be a safe bet if you're looking to sort of dine and just have a good time.
0: It's a good call. And hey, I mean, I'm sure there's some other activity you guys could get into music uh, you could listen to music, maybe movies. I don't know. So yeah. I think he
1: plays video games too, so so that'd be an option as well.
0: So. I wonder if I wonder if like you asked Jim, like if you were like, dude, I have goalie equipment. Would you pop on a mask and a glove and some pads? And and like kind of like um what was that movie? She's out of my league. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Uh, in the in like in the basement, they like wear like you know, they like shooting on each other. Yeah. Like I wonder if like you could get like that kind of thing going on in your quarantine.
1: I mean we used to do that back when I was younger, living in Borica. I had so many friends that had these massive houses who you'd you'd put on you know their pads and go in the basement because they had a, a finished basement or you know there was just cement wall behind you so whatever. I miss those days so much like knee hockey and just throwing on pads in a basement or just in, in a cul-de-sac. I miss those days so much. The older I get, the more I realize I miss those. Nothing ever beat those times.
0: So Ty, I did I didn't play hockey. Um, I was a basketball player, so it was the the seasons mix, but dude, I was always like a little chubba. All right, I was like the fat kid Goldberg getting net. But like I so I, I used to play and I actually was was like decent because I don't know, maybe I was huge. I don't know, maybe that was like had something to do with it. I was it was big, but I loved hockey. Like I I know I I put on like a first baseman's mitt. and then one day we had these like tournaments down at Fallon Field in Roslindale. And, like, these things were legit, man. We'd have, like, 50 people show up to these things, and we play for money. And, like, I'd, I'd be in, like, full pads, dude. So imagine me. I'm sick. We, we actually did this maybe, maybe like, 10 years ago. But uh, I had full pads on, like, real pads. I took up the whole goal. And, and I'm a little slow. You know, I lumber around around a little bit. But, like, that. you're right, man. There's nothing like a good competitive hockey game because – some people are skilled more than others, but sometimes it's just about finding that little crease and that little uh, puck, puck luck, is that the word? So oh, yeah. re- really, everything is straight up when it comes to a street hockey game.
1: Absolutely. And and it's honestly, it's just when it like playing net in street hockey is so much more fun than any other position. Like I, I grew up playing street hockey more than ice hockey cuz uh, before I lived in Berwick I lived in Chelsea and really no ice rinks around there.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was- <laughs> so, so the under the lot.
1: yeah, exactly Chelsea High parking lot is where you learn how to skate on rollerblades so uh so yeah street hockey was always like my my absolute favorite we used to just we hit the point too where we ended up we ended up finding some like street hockey goalie pads and I put them on and we would just go to the our friend's cul-de-sac and it'd be like all right two on os, let's see if I can make a crazy save here just because mm. it was just fun to be able to do things like that and and I, I again, like I said, I miss those days. But yeah, there's nothing that beats a good street hockey game. Backyard football games are up there too. Like those are like those were legit. But yeah. someone always took it too far. There's always someone who is like trying to actually Ray Lewis you, and you're like, dude, come on, we like yeah. we gotta we gotta not do this.
0: Wiffle ball is still. We we turned wiffle ball into like uh, cutting the top of wiffle ball bats, stuffing newspapers in them taping them up like we had our own bats i had my own like little bottom of the bat that was like real fat uh like a weighted one but yeah one that that took it a little uh a little too far there um but we we you know we have a great spot in dorchester though that little gated in area like i know it could be a little could maybe a little summer tournament or something uh if we're you all know we're, we might, who knows we might be working a lot this summer
1: i would really enjoy that because there's nothing to do here.
0: I mean, like I can get some odds on it. We we got I got it covered. All right, you do. I, I could get it covered. Oh yeah, trust right. well, me. I, I know a Don't guy. Don't sleep
1: on my skills, man. <laughs> All but but fast.
0: Uh, speaking of that, I did watch a wiffle ball tournament once um, at our old station, um, and it was uh, Billy Lanny, Mike Mike Felger could play. He, he I know he talked because he was a goalie once, but he he had a good little baseball swing. I, I won't. I I'll be honest. So I was kind of impressed with his. So like you know how like he talks like oh, I I'm a goalie I could stop this I could make that kick. He's got a little bit of talent. So I'll a scouting report. The I elite
1: hand eyes he always says. I, right? I
0: think That's I think he'd be very good. Um, if there was one Bruins player, because I know they 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 like I see Martian likes to chirp at you, uh, and other guys like to chirp at you. But if there was one Bruins player you would uh, like to be quarantined with, who would it be? Uh,
1: I would have to say probably. I mean. It's tough because I want to say like Patrice Bergeron because like you just know you'd get a balanced life. He would be like, "Hey man, don't stay up so late. You gotta you gotta get some sleep here." Like he would kind of be the guy you you need for that. Uh, but if you're looking for for pure fun, Jake DeBrus would be your guy. I mean, you're talking Fortnite, loud rap music, and just just laughing all the time, movies, all that stuff. So so that be that be my pick. The, the the my true personality says Jake Debrusque is where the fun is at. The adult in me says Patrice round really help you get on get get your life back on track even when the world is on fire.
0: Not Tuca, huh?
1: No, no. I, I think the Bruins <laughs> the Bruins have done their part to say don't quarantine with Tuca rask. Yep, Actually, I've heard that. and the drinking, they said don't do it. So I'll trust their opinion on that front.
0: All right. We'll play grab ass a little bit later as well here. But uh there was an NHL player poll today on the athletic. And what they're saying about resuming the 2019 season. And so the draft is like around the corner. Um, They've been like coming up with all these ideas about maybe hub cities, hosting games. But the question from the athletic was, do the players actually want to resume the season? So last week, beat reporters went out to anonymous players about returning. They reached 57 players. Uh, from 22 different teams. Among the 22 teams, they broke they broke it down from five Stanley Cup contenders, four playoff locks, eight teams on the playoff bubble, and five lottery teams. So when it came to the voting, it went from just cancel the whole thing, some regular season and playoffs, or straight to the playoffs. 63.2% said some regular season and playoffs. 24.6 said straight to the playoffs, and 12.3 said. Cancel the whole thing. So I'm more surprised with the 12.3 percent of canceling the whole thing because these are NHL players who love this and do this on a, on a like like this is their livelihood. Straight to the playoffs, I get because some teams might already be locked in. Right, the reason why I think the 63 percent is big because there are teams that still want to compete for that playoff spot. Are you surprised by any of these voting results from players that are actually in the NHL?
1: No, I think that the guys who want to cancel it all together, if you look at the percentages versus the number of players pulled, it almost makes sense. I mean, listen, if you're on the LA Kings or the Ottawa Senators, the Red Wings, and you know that you have 0.0% chance of making it, why would you want to come back after eight weeks off, try to get yourself back in skating shape after not being able to skate at all? Keep in mind, a lot of these rinks are closed. Facilities are closed. I think you have to go outside of the country or outside North America to find an open rink right now. I really do. So – why would you want to come back for that for five meaningless games to help maybe the Minnesota wild make the playoffs? Like, no, I wouldn't want to do that if I were them. Uh, but th- um, to the other point, the other side of it, a little surprising that it's not a hundred percent across the board from, you know, the percentages, again, of players that are in the mix in terms of playoff spots and what have you winning a Stanley cup. Um, but I think that there's also, listen, the, the conditioning factor is going to be real for everybody. You know, it's, this is, un, this is, you know, completely new territory for these guys. You've never had a break like this to say, okay, come back and then start it up right away and get back to the highest level of competition that you'll ever face. Um, and I think there are some players who wanted it to be with fans in the stands, so if they're not there, does that change their answer? Only they can answer that, but I think that's that's a real factor as well.
0: Right, I'm going to pop this up here now. i got this cool technology here. Um, so how would you like to see the 2019-20 season play out? Just cancel the whole thing, some regular season and playoffs and straight to the playoffs. And I get it. And they explain in the in the article that, you know, the reason why it's so high for the some regular season and playoffs is, you know, t- for that battle of getting there. But, you know, the more I look at it, Ty, and I know people are going to bring up the ice and they're going to bring up, uh, oh, you know, they'll have to delay the season next year. And, oh, there's injuries and these guys need more time to get back to work and this and that. I just I have a couple of things. Will the league make any money if they came back? Do they have to play regular season games to make money? And if they didn't have a season or con- continue the season whatsoever, how much money does the does the league lose and the teams lose?
1: Well, if they cancel it all together and no one comes back, the estimated losses are between three hundred and fifty to five hundred million dollars. Holy so shit. For the NHL it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's an awful lot for them. So uh, that's a concern. Uh, we are assuming that if they do come back, there are not going to be fans permitted in the building. I might even be in these teams' respective cities, so you know they, there's no gate money involved in that. But is there additional TV revenue? Um, I'm not exactly sure how that all breaks down. Uh, but that could be that could be an issue. Maybe that's why they want some games here. They do have a lot. This has been something Bettman has said from the start: is that they have a lot of teams crowded around the final two playoff spots. And they want to solve that. And I think that's fair to do that. But if you can't do it, you got to have some sort of competition before the Stanley Cup playoffs begin. You need something. So I think having regular season games is the best way to do it. That beats the hell out of an exhibition game. But what does it do for the Bruins, for example? Well, a whole lot of nothing, really, but it gets your legs back. So there's money to be lost here. But I also think that for them it's more about breaking that logjam up and and having true playoff teams versus – Okay, well, Carolina was in on you know March 11th, so they're in now. You know,
0: so so just as a fan perspective, I would like the NHL to maybe get started before the NBA. And what I mean by that is we're watching Korean baseball right now. You know what I mean? We're watching. Oh, yeah. competitive We're watching competitive eating tournaments and like horse turn. Like if the NHL was just was just like, all right, listen, every team will make the playoffs. Every team will make the playoffs. The bottom, you know eight and down will play like a one you know one game elimination or two out of three or whatever the other two teams get buys and go whatever if they made it where everybody made the playoffs now now there's incentive plus the fact that playoff hockey you could be the worst team in the league right you're still going to watch playoff hockey it's just the way that everyone's going to play different so i think they could capitalize on that and i think that the nba is already planning on trying to go deeper into the summer which isn't good for baseball right off the bat, because I think people will start to kind of fade on baseball and then when it picks up, when the other seasons aren't playing. So I think it's it's the reason why the NHL should try to figure something out to get all the teams in, even the sucky ones, get them all in, have competitive playoff hockey, because what we've seen year in and year out in the NHL, there's a new winner, right? It's not these same, like I know the Blackhawks had that good run or whatever, but like it's always been somebody different. And I think that if you threw everybody into the tournament, probably have a different result this year too
1: yeah i mean that's that's an option i i just hate the idea that you i've kind of felt this way from the start is that 70 games is a pretty good sample size and and if you weren't close after 70 games do i want to give you a chance now i i really I, i have a hard time jumping on board with that
0: what were the blues doing after 70 games last year
1: the blues were well they were well on their way back to being in the picture i don't think they were necessarily in there per se but they were showing signs of being a legit team. And and that's sort of where I land on this is that the Rangers right now are out of it. And and in the West, the wild are out of it. I believe these are two of the best teams in hockey since the new year began. If you were following the blues model of last year, they're right there. The Rangers have been the fifth best team in hockey since, since the start of the new year right now, they wouldn't be in it. See, I think that's unfair, but the Montreal Canadiens, you know, being 11 points out of it when the league went on, went on break. That's their fault. That's their fault for, for not for not being not being good from games, you know, one through 70, you know, for that matter, not, you know, just one versus 30. So I want to give those teams a chance. I don't want to give Buffalo a chance. I don't want to give Montreal a chance. They had it. They blew it. It's over for them. So I'd rather have a play-in with these bunched-up teams here. Maybe, and I, I floated this out there a, a month ago, but maybe you look at it like, okay, well, if you're one of these teams that's chasing a wildcard team, you do a mini series, you gotta win two before they win one. You know, it's almost like you're down in a series three to two. And you need you need to save off elimination. Maybe that's the way to do it. But but there needs to be some sort of way. I wanna play in, but I don't want to include everybody because that's stupid to me.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little Bruins. Uh they made some news last week. Yarrow Halak, uh, he's back. He's got a very good goaltender. Like his record, uh I want to say he's got forty wins in two seasons. Uh, that sounds right. Yep, and I, I I think it was like forty and seventeen or something like that. I don't know. I looked it up recently, and I couldn't believe it. Like my eyes. And, and Tuca was out for a period of time, but you know him coming back, two point two five million. Um, I like the move. I I just like him. I and and I know that for years they always went with that Chad Johnson one million dollar a year guy, Adobin, one million dollars a year, like to put a little bit of extra money in the goal, goaltending position. I'm fine with it, considering that Tuca Ras plays better when he gets more rest. That's just how it is, and I think the team likes him and he's been a good guy and et cetera. Um, but I do look to the future and the salary cap and all that. Um, just your your thoughts on the Halak signing and Tuka has spoken about possibly retiring. He, he's bringing it up already, which drives me nuts. But your thoughts on the Halak signing and the future of Tuka Rask?
1: I think the Halak signing is fantastic. Uh, it really extends their window one more year. I, I thought that was a position that was going to be a tough call for them when you looked at sort of the goaltender market and you said, wow, Halak could really be a starter for any number of teams. You know, you, you look at around the league and and you could easily find four or five landing spots for him that would make a lot of sense. And he could make money that way. He could get the last contract of his career, the last big money contract of his career. But he decided winning was more important. And, and the fact that he likes it here, you know, Char on this team. They, they're countrymen. They've known each other for a long time. That helps, I would assume. Um, So it makes a lot of sense for for him to stick around. But also it, it it prevents one headache that Sweeney would have to figure out this summer. And he's been good about getting goaltenders ever since the Jonas Gustafsson, you know, sort of failure. But I, I think this is a, a huge thing for them. As you mentioned, it keeps Rask uh, refreshed. It keeps him rested, recharged. But I also think it's a, I also think it pushes him a little bit too, which is great. Because he always knew that Hudobin, for the most part, was never going to steal his job. He knew that Gustafsson wasn't going to steal his job. Svedberg, Johnson, you name it. But Halak, Halak's done it before. Halak took the Canadiens to the Eastern Conference Finals back in back in 2010. That was a while ago, yes, but he also did that with the, with the Blues in the West. So he has experience, but I think this guy pushes him a little bit, so it's good for him.
0: I totally agree, and he's done a really nice job. He's had a couple of games where, um, okay, yeah, he got beat a few times, but I think he's been one of the better backup goalies that they've had in years. Uh, when it comes to the Bruins, though, I think the biggest question really is the future of Tory Krug, right? Um, he says he wants to stay here. He puts up great numbers. You look at what other defensemen are getting around the league. Like, my, my thing is this, and I if there's one thing the Bruins do that I agree with, because I don't agree with everything, you can't make more than Patrice Bergeron, and you can't make, I mean, I know Krejci does, but you can't. It's just, he can't make more money than Patrice Bergeron. It just, it can't happen, and I think everyone can deal with that. Um. How are they going to work this out? Like, he wants to stay here. My question to you is this. I know he has a certain skill set that you can't find. But is there somebody else? Like, can't they find that production from somewhere else on those lines or maybe somebody that's coming up? That That's the thing for me. Like, I know he's a defenseman. I know he scores. And it's, a, a like, something that you can't find often in the NHL. But can't they find that kind of offense somewhere else in their system?
1: Well, it's funny. If you look at the advanced metrics of Matt Grislyk on the power play this year with Pastrnak and Marshan and Bergeron out there, that group has been phenomenal. It's The results have, have been there. So that opens the door to, okay, well, can he do that on a full-time basis? I'm still not sold on that. I still think Krug is the guy for power play one. Uh, can McAvoy be that guy? Well, to be honest, you haven't seen enough of that either, in my opinion, to, to fully believe in that. I think is a great, Two-way defenseman He's a great number one in terms of playing 28 minutes a night. But can he quarterback a power play? I haven't seen it yet. Not at this level anyway. So that's that's something sort of worth worth asking yourself here, Don Sweeney. But I had this weird idea today. It finally popped into my head, and I think it will solve a lot of their problems. Hmm. Why don't you just sign Tory Krug for one year? And let's say – and this is going to blow some minds here. Let's say you sign him for one year – Eight million, eight and a half million. You overpay for that one year to keep him here, but it will help alleviate a lot of your headaches because one of the biggest headaches when it comes to resetting Tory Krug is the fact that if you re- if you keep him, you would have to expose one of your other defensemen or a forward to Seattle in the expansion draft. Well, if you do a one year deal, you don't have to do that. You don't have to worry about that his contract will be expired. So and also if the cap is gonna stay flat this year because of what happened and the canceled games and, and the lost revenue, the market's not going to be there for Tory Krug. You're looking at a few teams that could that could add him at seven million dollars. And are those teams cup contenders? I don't think so. He wants to win a Stanley Cup. He wants to get paid. He wants to be here. Why not do a one year deal for a little bit above your market value and then cash in next year, be it in Boston or elsewhere.
0: If Boston's the place he wants to go to it makes sense. I bet you his agent says no because this is his time to cash in, right? Get that long-term money. But if he wants to stay in Boston it makes sense. And I guess, you know, I'll ask you this, where does that leave when David Krejci's money comes off the books? Like both of them would be at what 15 million, 16 million and then they'd both become free agents? Is that pretty much what would happen?
1: That's about what would happen under this scenario, but it's not I I think that you'd almost benefit because I think that both guys, if they were to return the following season, they wouldn't be for 15 million. I think they'd be for a combined 12 or 13 million because while Krug's wouldn't drop dramatically, I think crazy going to go from a $7 million guy to a five and a half. I was going to say four and a half. Yeah. Around there. Uh, So, so, and he could say, they could say, Hey, well, if you take less, we can get you that number two right winger that you've wanted for, you know, for half a decade now. So Mm. I, I think that, I just look at the Bruins on a year-to-year basis right now. As long as you have Bergeron and Shara and Rask and Marchand, it's year-to-year. It's not, okay, worry about five years from now. No, no. This is the time. You have your best players are in their 30s or entering their mid-30s. You need to strike while the iron's, the iron's hot. And if you have to overpay for one year to keep Tory Krug and to alleviate some of the headaches that come with losing him or keeping him on a long-term deal, I think you do it
0: uh i i want to ask you about charlie mcavoy quickly i uh i've been hard on him I, i've been really hard on him i, I had these like expectations i and we saw what he did in college and i was hyped i'm like all right like they got the next guy here um he to me he hasn't lived up to expectations it, it's it's statistically okay and i'm not one of these guys who watch like they're, like you watch it and you're like oh wow he really does nice things defensively and Oh, the way he played that puck in the corner is really good. Like, there's all those things, and I I don't like for me. It's like nope. <laughs> I want to see like some more points on the board or him being involved. I will say before the before this whole pandemic started, he was getting hot, and oh, yeah. maybe he needed to get his legs under him. Remember, he had like a concussion issue. There, there were some things about him. We, you know, is he soft? And you know, does he want to play? He did come along a little bit, but you still think this is the guy that they can that they can will should build around and you think he could be one of those we always hear the names like drew Doughty. we always hear these big names you still think he could be that type of defenseman
1: i think that the worst thing we did to him was say that he's gonna be drew Doughty because drew dowdy i mean multi norris winner I,
0: I yeah like that's that's, my, that's, that's yeah. what my problem is i yeah. look at that guy and i'm like who's that guy
1: but if you watch McAvoy this year man he's had some great efforts against some superstar talents he had one game where he just pissed Alex Ovechkin off for 60 minutes. And, and it was phenomenal to watch, like just the way he was just handling him. I mean, that's what I want to see out of my franchise defenseman. The points are nice. That's great. But hey, you paid Tory Krug for the points. For McAvoy, if he's going to be a number one defenseman, I need him to be shutting down guys uh, in the defensive zone and then helping offensively. I don't need him to put up 60 points you know, a Victor Hedman would be nice, but they're very rare. They're very rare talents. So if he, if he can do what he does, does in the defensive zone on a regular, consistent enough basis, they have a keeper there. And and I do think he's worth building around. I think the Bruins are adopting a little bit of the Nashville model. The Nashville just has a loaded defense, and they have for years now. Guys have left, and new ones have come in. It's been, it's been a, a joy to watch, I think, if you're a Preds fan. But I think the Bruins are going for something similar here. On the right side, you have – you have Carlo and you have McAvoy on the left right now. You have, I mean, Chara's forty three, but the, behind that it's Krug, it's Grizzlick, who's very underrated. And then if you know if if Lozon and and Vakanainen can take that next step, you get a pretty good group there.
0: I agree, and somehow Steve camper always finds a way. I, I can't
1: believe he's still around. Like <laughs> like he was around my first year covering the team when I was eighteen years old, and he's still there. And he's a really good guy uh, but it's 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 really funny how that career kind of went off right it's just he was here and then he wasn't and now 10 years have passed and he's back
0: <laughs> some guys just uh, know their way of uh, finding their way home uh all right you can uh, chat into the show for those who are listening i see there's a couple people out there um and you just use the chat feature uh ty i want to get into the, the good stuff here um we get to know everybody how they started this and that um you said 18 years old is when you got into this. Uh, kind of tell your uh, broadcasting journalist journey and how you ended up at the sports club.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I was just a shithead kid who was really bad in school. And uh, the the best thing I found about myself, or I guess someone found in me, was that they thought I was a, a good writer. And so they told Uh, The guy who ran the school newspaper, hey, you know, he he writes papers well. He's an idiot, but he writes papers well and he acts up in class, but he can do this pretty good. Uh, So I started doing that for the school paper. Um, Started writing about the Bruins, about about sports. Um, And then I graduated and said, I still want to do this. How can I do this? I launched my website and then I kind of started hopping from independent blog to independent blog Uh, beginning in 2009. um, I got my first kind of big break, I guess, in 2016 um with eei i was there for less than two full years uh sports up, you know we had we uh we had a meeting and we said okay this is a fit that works and, and i've been with the sports hub ever since um it's it's been great i mean i i think that this place definitely saved um my career i guess and it's weird to say when you're 20 i was 25 or 26 when i came over but I legitimately felt like this was a, a breathed new life into me, uh, and my love for for this job.
0: So, okay, Let, let's take it back. You were at WEEI. Um, I, I've been saying this for weeks on this podcast. There's not this like hate for the competitor, like you see at other places. People, we like the guys that are over there, they have a very nice website. You were a part of it for a long time. They, they do, uh, let's face it, they, oh, yeah. have a, they have a nice site um and now 98.5 is you know tim and matt and you and alex like all you guys are you're doing the work right we're getting into more video streaming now and you know more and it's going to lead in the sales and whatever um but what happened at eei with you you were writing stories i know that there was uh they had a show there like on saturday i don't know if you were there for that um, yeah yeah but, but like talk, talk about your eei story because to me like it's interesting there's been a couple of guys that were at ei and, and now was, you and christian Arkand are like are like two of them you know who kind of were fighting for, like young guys right fighting for their opportunity you know wanting to do a little bit more not getting that opportunity and look shit now you come over to the other side and it's like you get an airtime on all the shows you are now part of the hockey show you get to write all the time you know the people love you the, the, the players love you as well. So, like, what happened to WEI Tire? Uh it,
1: it was really tough. Uh, I was just trying to break in uh with a programming side of things that just didn't like me. They didn't believe in me, they didn't like me. Uh I had one meeting with the program director over there, did not go well at all, told me I was a small market talent, uh, that he said he couldn't give chances to the people just because, which I thought was weird because they signed my checks. So it wasn't like I was coming off the street saying, I got a show. And it's about nothing. Like, no, I was, I worked for the company. I I didn't understand it. So um, it was tough. I I think that you start out, you want to sort of pay your dues and you want to say, okay, I'm going to learn from this and that. But then when you kind of saw who else was getting opportunities and we're outsourcing a late night show and I'm up at night, hey, I can do it. I'll come from the garden and and do this. And I think at, at a certain point, the work I was putting in wasn't worth what I was getting in return. And all I wanted was a chance. I never said, "Hey, I'm going to be the next superstar." But maybe let's try me in a spot other than Sunday morning at seven a.m., which is going to get no ratings. And you're going to turn around and say, "We got no ratings."
0: Right. Oh, Saturday, Saturday. I'm doing Saturday at seven a.m., man. Whatever, yeah. whatever. Whatever they'll give me, I'll do it. But I hear you. I hear exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were doing <laughs> we were doing a very you know, it, it wasn't a station known for their hockey coverage, right? So you're putting a hockey specific show uh, at Sunday morning. You know, seven a.m. I mean, what do you expect? I'm going to grow in that role. I mean, there's no callers, there's no interaction, and it was tough. I think you know, and I wasn't full time. Um, I was still bartending and waiting tables at night on off nights, and the grind just became too much. It just wasn't worth it, and especially when you know, kind of someone looks at you and you're 24, 25, and they say you're not talented. And you go, why am I here? You know, and so. For me, it was just it was about growing, and, and you know, it's not a hate. There are people over there I don't like, yeah. just because of personal relationships, things they've said about me or things they've done. But I can't tell you what Rob Bradford meant to me. I mean, that guy, you know, he he allowed me to grow and be my own person and really kind of take flight and find my voice um, as a writer, as a personality. Um, you know, I work with some, some good people over there too. I mean, uh, Ryan Hannibal, we worked alongside each other with Patriots coverage, um, you know, at the home games and at training camp, he was, you know, he was a good dude. Um, there's a lot of good people over there. So it's, it was never a, it was never a hate it, it, you know, there like, there are things that were said that I don't, I'm not crazy about. And the program director saying you're not talented. Yeah. You're you know carry it with you forever. But yeah, to your point, it's never been like this. Oh, I hate them. You know, I, I can't, I can't really feel that way about anybody, you know, that, that path didn't work out there. And I'm very fortunate that it worked out the way it did, because I think that I easily would not have lasted another six months there, just given where my mental uh, mindset was at my final half year there.
0: So I, I feel you on the, uh, like, dude, I've been grinding for years. I've been in radio for 12 years. Like, you know, what you hope one day it happens. And, you know, for me, like a. I said I dude, I've said this every single day on this podcast availability is the best ability yeah and and you know for your sake I, I think what maybe some people don't know just listeners in general is that like you know I don't want to be boxed in as a gambling guy like I don't want to be boxed in as the guy who talks gambling on the radio like I can talk anything you want me to talk it I can talk it you're the same thing like you don't want to be but bo- because you can write about football you can write about baseball you can write about anything you want you can talk about it but yeah. it's like you're the hockey guy, you know what I mean? And for sure. And it's just it's it's not fair to you at 25 years old, whatever age you were, to say, hey, you're not really a talent here, because they don't know what other talent you have. If they just exactly. see you talking hockey, they can't they they you know you gotta open yourself up, they gotta give you two or four hours to figure out who you are and show who you are, and like that's what the sports hub did for you. I feel is that all right, like I know things about Ty Anderson, I didn't know you were straight edge. I didn't know you loved you loved emo music. Like, yeah, I didn't I didn't know shit really bothered you in ways that like you know bothers me. Like you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, nah, wow, we get to know this kid and when you write about it it's like, I want to know more about those kids thoughts because I we have the same we have the same things, you know? And just like For today, sure. Ty, Ty Anderson's coming on the podcast. People are like, "Oh shit, I want to hear what Ty has to say because you're not just this hockey guy or this you're a personality. And like, that's something that I think the sports have gave you the, the platform to show people.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that you can't say to someone, okay, well you can't do this because I said you can't like, okay, well let me show you like, let, let me show you what I can do before you tell me what my ceiling is. Because I'm very much like, I don't believe in, in ceilings. I don't believe in limitations. I think everything that, you know, if, if you say you can't do something, it's because you're the one saying it. Like, I don't want anyone else telling me what I can't do. like, I think that if you said to me tomorrow, if Tim, my boss called me tomorrow and said, I need you to write about this, I'd be like, How many words do you want? And I would make it happen because that's what I do. That's what I'm paid to do. That's what I want to do. I always want to challenge myself and I always want to grow. I never ever want to be just the hockey guy. Like that's like that is the worst thing that anyone can say to me. And I've had discussions with people about, hey, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to be more than this. I want to show you I can do this. And they say, Well, you're well, you're this guy. No, I'm that guy because you've chosen you've chosen to make me that guy. I can do more. I can do anything like, like let's, let's see what I can do before we say what I can and can't do. So you want that opportunity, right? To your point, you don't want to be the gambling guy. I don't look at you as a gambling guy because I know you. I think that people knowing you is a big, is a big part of this industry. What makes you successful uh, is, is people being able to relate with you. But if they relate with me in eight minute segments about, you know, the Boston Bruins, they're going to look at me and say, Oh, he only knows about the Boston Bruins. Yeah.
0: And so another thing about it, this isn't a pounding of EEI. I hope we're no one thinks that. It's just that I think that's what happened at that station is that the, the, the Bruins took off 2011, man. Like, I don't want to make fun of the world-famous lightning round, but it was a joke talking hockey. You know what I mean? Like, it was, a, oh, we got our hockey minute coming in. Here we go. The team won the Stanley Cup. They were competitive for. They went to another one a couple of years later. They just went to another one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like they this team like how hockey's like huge. And I know the the sports hub is the home of the Bruins, but like, shit, you got to talk about it. You need someone in there that's actually at the games, right? I mean, that's like that now listen radio host i don't go to all the games all right i'm not there and i don't need to and that's why i do the job i do because i can sit back here behind the mic and say whatever shit i want but i'm not there and that's what the players can say to me you're there so if you say something brad martian's gonna chirp you right these guys Dude, are gonna chirp you
1: it chirped me in a nationally televised press conference last year <laughs> like come on man i wasn't even being a dick i was just asking you hey you played well how was that
0: you know um but they could have got that type of coverage, like. You, oh, yeah. You're not the home of the team. People like hockey. So, like, you're not going to send a guy for probably dirt cheap. No offense. But, like, we do, I'll do this shit for free. Okay. Like, I'm doing this. We're doing this for free. But, yeah. like, that's the we thing. That, like, <laughs> but, like, that's what I mean. Like, they, ah, oh, they, it, it's, it's just sad because there's so many resources. And I just, that's the, it's sad, right? It's like wasted talent, that Bronx Tail quote. And I, I, maybe that's how you feel about it. But having that platform now, it's like, Oh, the way to and there's probably still things you'd love to do now. You'll get it. It'll sure. it will get there. You gotta, you know, we all we all have to take our our lumps. But it's just that, oh, at that time, those resources were there for you, man.
1: I felt, yeah, and, and I guess that's you know, again, we're not bashing, we're not bashing them. I think they do they do a lot of things. They do some things really well. It's just, yeah, you you'd turn it on or or you you'd go on the website and you'd say, why why the fuck can't I do that? Like you tell me that guy is is. is demonstrably better than i am at this like you, you know and that part was frustrating and and i think that again you just saw so many people getting chance after chance after chance no matter how many times they fucked up or, or what they did they kept getting opportunities and i'm on the sidelines like hi i'd love to do this now <laughs> well and let's, not, like, no. let, let's
0: not forget though like on the sports up dude like we all take our lungs right we we swing and miss we give take sometimes we swing and miss. We take the heat on Twitter. I know you battle on Twitter. Sometimes <laughs> the things you say on Twitter or say on the air is it's it's like that selective listening, right? Oh, yeah. I, I feel like now you can take those lumps, take the heat on Twitter, and, like, it it, it makes you. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. maybe at that time nobody believed in you. So, like, you know, I just – all I'm saying is, is the resources were there and the wasted talent of it all, I'm sure, really upset you and motivates you still.
1: Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I, when you're making the pennies I was making over there, you just want to feel like you have a fighting chance, right? And, and something's got to be worth it, you know? And, and and just getting to go to Bruins home games, is at at the end of the day, that was like, all right, this is cool, but I want to do something more with my life. I don't want to just do this. I don't want to be this guy who's doing this for the rest of his life. So, uh Fortunately, the sports up gave me that opportunity. Um, how did that happen?
0: Were you knocking on the door? Were you emailing? What What happened there?
1: Uh, I don't know if I should say this. I mean, we, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna get like in trouble. Um, you just
0: got called in one day, and they were like, "Hey, oh, did, did you write first? How How did that happen?"
1: I saw. The, uh, we communicated through some through some channels. I heard about they. Hey, we're launching a website. We're 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 really gonna like make this website. You know. We're gonna beef it up, and my you know a light bulb, in my brain went off and said, "Ooh, want to be part of that." Um, so yeah, we had a meeting. Um, you, know, was, you know, covering myself, walking into the building. Uh, this wasn't getting,
0: like a Bill Bill Parcells to the jet situation, there.
1: No, I just <laughs> it was just so awkward because you know I keep in mind this was when
0: enemy uh, territory.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this <laughs> was uh, a prominent sports sub figure in the front office had just gone um, to Entercom, So there was a little bit of, of, okay, well, what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I met with, with the old PD, uh, at the sports, sub uh, Mike, uh, Mike, and I met with Tim just kind of laid out who I am, what I want to be. Um, I was pretty, I, I was, kinda, I guess I kind of had some swagger that day. I kind of walked in and said, I don't want to be Felger. You already have that. I want to be something you don't have. Um, I, I just kind of remember saying that and, and and I felt good about that meeting. Um and then it was a lot of waiting. There was a lot of wait. There was like five days um in between, you know, kind of decisions. Uh I got offered the job at nine eight five and I said, Yes, I want it, but I had to go to EEI and say, Hey, I, I wanna take this. And and then it became there was like a slight day where they were like, We might match this offer. And I was like, Oh no, I already I, I wanna go. I don't wanna be here anymore. Um it was that magic Johnson. I'm not going to be here. It was literally that like come to life. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that we all realized this was a decision or a move that made the most sense for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, again, I think my personality fits with the hub more anyways. I think Definitely. it's kind of that younger, you know, I can, I can talk sports, but we can, we can talk some bullshit as well We can have some fun with it. And, and to your point, when you're talking about sort of like that, you know, you take your lumps now i can laugh at a bad take that i had you know i can kind of be like yeah, i'm an idiot look at how stupid i was yeah. you know whereas i think back then i probably was a little bit more sensitive to it saying well no i'm right how can you say i'm wrong i'm here you're not here now it's like it's sports man you gotta laugh about you, you it you
0: just don't you don't take yourself seriously and that's yeah that's something that i think um people in town can can tell right like you know i'll get age hey, Joe, you're fat you suck whatever but like in general yes i am fat i'm like whatever like i laugh about it i don't take myself yeah, yeah. seriously. you know it's just you you just you just let it roll off
1: you take uh, your job seriously you don't take yourself seriously exa- like, that's Exactly. Like, that's like the balance you have to have as a person i think
0: yeah uh some people uh chiming in uh ty please drink a beer for me one time i don't think that will happen no way
1: man, no way, man.
0: <laughs> i don't think that will happen Wrestlecast 985 WrestleMania. Were you the 36th prediction winner?
1: I was. I was like 15 and 2 or something like that. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> the only ones I got wrong, I got. I had Rollins beating Owens and I had, um, oh God, I had Rhea Ripley uh, beating Charlotte. Uh, that one really surprised me. That one really surprised me when that happened.
0: We'll, we'll get into some wrestling talk in a minute. Uh, Matt Noonan checking in. Uh, just listening for a minute. Happy to see both of you guys continue to do well. Thanks, noontime. Uh, you don't believe in putting a bend to your brim?
1: I, listen, I've tried bending this hat many a time, I, and it, for some reason it just flexes back outwards, and I'm so like, you know what? Whatever.
0: I only buy, I call them murdered out, but black, all black hats, but I have to wear them backwards because I can't fold the brim. It just won't, I can fold it when it's not on my head, but when yeah. it goes back on my head, it's just flat. There's, like I could put like a baseball in it and wrap an elastic on it like we used to do in Little League. Yeah, uh, That won't work
1: i don't know, I don't want like the super bend. you know what i'm saying like i don't want that either because then that just looks weird may as well just get a flex fit if you're gonna do that so
0: hey, uh, hey look it's a gambling guy and a hockey guy the luchador uh checking in and people saying cool shit so awesome uh, continue to uh I love
1: that avatar by the way stidham
0: oh that's right i that's got a good
1: feeling man i got a good feeling
0: so speaking of that transition look at that a radio guy Um, you wrote a story this week, uh, about David Andrews. I want to get into some other stuff, but, um, uh, you wrote a story about David Andrews. I've heard like a couple of things with him, um, that he's like, he's good to go. And I've heard this for like weeks now, but you had a story this week and sounds like he's uh once things get up and go and he's your center day one next year.
1: Yeah. and, And that's really great news for the Patriots. I thought that not having him last year was a sneaky big loss for that team just really sort of threw the rhythm off the entire offensive line. Um, their depth at center was tested again and again. It fell throughout the year. But I think that for me, I, his health is the most important thing. And it's great to hear that he's doing well, because again, I mean, I'm, I'm going back to me being a hockey guy here, but when I hear blood clots, I think of guys not really coming back ever. You know, Chemo team didn't have blood clots and he
0: Chris Bosch, right? He had blood clots yeah. and everything. Yeah. Another
1: example: Thomas Volcun, um <clears throat> after his run with the Penguins, didn't play again because uh, of blood clots. He played, I think, played two minor league games, and that was it. Um, so to hear that he's doing well, he's off the medication that he was on. Uh, he's ready to go. No physical limitations, as far as he knows. Uh, so that's huge news for this, for this Patriots team, and they're going to need that too. I think, especially given the uncertainty of a lot of leadership qualities of this team, they lost Garnecchia as the coach on the offensive line. They lost Tom Brady, Andrews is a captain. Um, and, and then the uncertainty too, of Joe Tooney as well. Uh, does he stick around beyond mm. this franchise tag? Does he play for this team? What happens there? So I think that you're probably more likely to keep him now. Now you didn't trade him to draft, but, but nevertheless, that's uncertainty as well. So they need a guy like Andrews, I think, leading that line, being in the middle of it all. And that's going to help
0: with the quarterback as well. I so I'll, I'll be honest. So I I played a little center in my life, but I hated the way that Ted Karras snapped. It, it drove me nuts, and I know I know it pissed off Brady because they'd walking. be like they'd be like, "Hi," every once in a while, right? And then oh, he's got to dig down low for him. It's like, dude, hit him right in the gut. You have you have yeah. one job. You put your hand on the ground and you snap it back, right? You have you have you don't even have to practice, dude. You just, you get out there and you just snap all day long, all day long. And then on Sundays you hit somebody. That's it. And he couldn't work on that. The dude just got paid like, I think like $4 million a year to do it in Miami.
1: Yeah. He's the ultimate good soldier, but you're like, oh, geez, this is not a good look right now. This is, it it was very much like Julian Tavares, the starter. You're like, Hey man, love you for doing this, but I don't like it at all. (laughs) And I want it to end immediately. It was very similar to that kind of vibe. I think when it was Ted Karras snapping the but, ball, yeah. You watch, ball. you
0: watch though, you watch Stidham's going to get those those snaps right in number four. It's going he's already going to be moving back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it it drove me nuts. I'd be I couldn't watch the games because of the way he snapped the football. I, I I don't know if it's like that for you with hockey with certain guys, but like the the play, and I'd be like, oh, Karras is dipping his head. Oh, he's oh, like oh, they they they're, they're watching the snap. They know the snap count. He drove me nuts, but whatever next year i think we'll see a a, a totally different thing um so Stedham's gonna be the quarterback brady left what happened like on uh 98 the sports Hub website side of things when, when brady was was this like oh shit he's really going to tampa bay like what was it just like how many stories could you actually pump out about him going to tampa bay and how many about his trademarks and everything else and running you know through through the forest or whatever the hell he went through and uh, going into somebody's house, like how many more stories can we talk about Tom Brady?
1: Yeah, I, we had about a month uh, of just stories uh, about everything he did in Tampa, and because a lot of people, a lot of people get mad about this because they they say, "Oh, you're overkill. It, it's it's too much. Stop it, stop it." And it, well, if people are clicking it. We got to keep writing about it, right? And, and I'll tell you, our numbers went through the roof when when he left um, on the website, and. I mean, I was bummed about it because, I mean, this is the greatest athlete we've ever seen. It, it had to come to an end at some point. Um, but yeah, in terms of content, everything he did was worth writing about because it was just such such a new thing to us. It was, I think there was you know, that sort of that five stages of of grief, right? Uh, you kind of experienced everything in terms of the website. People, uh, at first, they were happy that you know he gave him twenty great years, and they were mad that he was leaving. and they come around to accepting it and now they're looking towards the future. So I think that now we've graduated away from Brady stuff. But we had about a good, I would say three to four weeks after the decision was made of, of Brady centered content. Um, because people wanted to know. It's just no one knows what this is like. I mean, this has never happened in Boston before, never ever happened. So uh it was a story people wanted to read about.
0: Yeah, I'm actually rooting for him. Um and are great. you yeah, uh really? I think they're going to be a good team Uh, in the only the only flip side of it is, is maybe they become the Brooklyn Nets, right? When the when the the Celtics traded uh, Garnett and Pierce, they had like that one playoff year and then shit the bed. So that could happen. It, It certainly could. I just think that, man, these two dudes are going to be doing whatever they want. Arians is going to be like smoking cigars and drinking like, you know, martinis and these dudes are just going to, like, Brady's going to be yelling at everybody. It's going to be like Jordan. He's going to be bullying everybody, and Gronk's just going to be like, hee, 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 and they're going to they're gonna score, like, 35 points a game. And around the red zone, Mike Evans and Gronk and all these guys are going to be monsters. Now, the defense is going to be their question. Their secondary is not great, but Shaq Barrett had, like, 14 sacks last year, so, like, I think they're going to be better. Can they beat the Saints? That's going to be the question. I'm rooting for them, but I'm also rooting for Bill Belichick. Like, I want, I want Stidham to work out, but I feel like he's a one-year deal. When I'm, and, and someone just asked a question here in the chat. With all the cap space in 2021, could the Pats be looking to restock? I think if they do well with Stidham, maybe they roll with him in the future. If he has a medi- you know mediocre year or whatever, they're going to go find a quarterback the next year. So in 2021, or 2020-21, Stidham's the guy. But I feel like Belichick, though, I'm rooting for both Brady and Belichick. I'm not one or the other for me.
1: Yeah, I think that I'm not going to root for them to fail in Tampa Bay per se, but I think that I'm always team first. You know, and so I want to see the Patriots do well. And I think that I want to see Belichick continue to be Belichick even after Tom Brady. I, I hate the narrative so much. I want them both to be successful so that people can stop being like, well, is it Brady? or is it Belichick? It's both. They're both very, very good at what they do. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I think that the Patriots – I do believe the Patriots think they can win with Jared Siddham. I, I, I think that you look at their their inactivity on in the free agent market and the trade market and in the draft. They don't draft anyone. They signed two undrafted free agent quarterbacks uh, from Michigan State and Louisiana Tech, and that's it. So that tells me that they believe in this guy, and they think that he can win. And to answer that question, yeah, there's a report out of Bleacher Report that said that the Patriots are looking at potentially loading up on free agents in 2021 and 2022. Because they want to win on on Sidham's rookie contract, and that would allow them to do that. So that that bears worth watching to see if he is first legit and if he is, how do they surround him with other pieces moving forward?
0: Um, you had to write about Andy Dalton this week and <laughs> and last week. Um, they weren't even in. They weren't even in the conversation.
1: not right? even interested in in the least.
0: <laughs> so I'm not either. I was but but no, I, no. I do I do think they could bring anybody in here, and make him a pro Bowler. I you think do? they, I think they could have brought Mark Sanchez here and made him a Pro Bowl. Like I just, yes, I feel like that defense is going to be so good that I, if Stidham doesn't turn the ball over, he'll probably throw twenty touchdowns, ten interceptions, thirty eight hundred yards, maybe, and he'll that's all you need, though. That's all you need exactly. Yeah, and Dalton could have done that.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, listen, if we want to be technical about it, Brady didn't have a great year last year. And they were—they won their division, and they—they they, you, you wanted to believe they're gonna be something more than they were up until the very last moment. And I just think that yeah, if the defense plays as well as it does, and the guys they drafted, uh, especially at linebacker, if those guys are legit, mm-hmm. that defense will be better. And I think there's gonna be a hunger for a lot of those younger guys as well. Um, and but this is really I think important for the the guys I focus on this offseason are Stidham because of the reasons I mentioned, but also Nikhil Harry. They didn't do anything at wideout either. Uh, Deepest wideout class in years, right? They don't do anything. What does that tell me? That tells me that they want to give Nikhil Harry sort of a year to say, "We, we believe in what you can do when you're healthy, so go out there and prove it. And if you look at Harry's Twitter, the guy, I think he has a fire under his ass. That might be a good thing for the Patriots, honestly.
0: They, they screwed him up last year. He had a hamstring injury. They met him play in the preseason. He hurt it again. They put him on IR, and Brady did not want to throw to him, and he made that clear on the Howard Stern show. So I, I watched Harry play. Like, dude, I watch college football all the time. Harry was a monster at Arizona State. Manny Wilkins was this, like, chicken-with-his-head-cut-off quarterback, and he made every catch in the world. Like, he he's a stud. I know you have to transition over to it. I, I hope I hope he converts. They just never, they've never hit on it. I mean, they really, since Dion Branch, maybe. I mean, I know Edelman was a late round pick and was a quarterback, but they just, they haven't hit on, I mean, I go back to the Dobson boys here, you know, that just, it just didn't work out. Um, yeah. But I do, I it, keep an eye on a couple of guys here. Um, Cause every year we know that like the story is somebody, some undrafted free agent uh, makes the team every year. I got a couple of guys for you to watch. One is JJ Taylor. He's a running back from Arizona. He's five foot five, dude. But he's Deion Lewis. Like he is. And he didn't, he is his junior year, dude. He ran for like, I don't know, 16, 1,700 yards was a stud. And last year he didn't do much because he was trying to go pro. Mm-hmm. The other guy to watch, if you want to write a story on a wide receiver, Jeff Thomas of Miami, dude.
1: This guy's he,
0: he is a stud stud. Like he could be T. Y. Hilton if he gets his shit on straight, his head on straight, his shit together. Um, he, could, he could be like the next big thing. So I'm just calling out a few guys that I think could make the team, but he's a he's the next slot receiver. Like they don't have another guy to play the slot after Edelman. So if he can – dude, he's got the speed. He's got the hands. He's got the ability. The reason why he wasn't drafted is because he's he's a head case and he went to Miami and he's, yeah. he's small. He's undersized. But like that's my guy. That's the guy I'm hitching my wagons to. Uh, for next year when it comes to uh the undrafted kid. so another story for you when you
1: yeah um, does he have any experience in the return game because if you get yes a, if yes, you can play that, then then you're on this team That's
0: he had, a, a, he had a kick return against Florida state um i remember he was number four he, yep he he actually caught it off a bounce caught it off a bounce went to the sideline boom i think it was like a 65 70 yard return so a uh, good point there on, on that one. Have,
1: uh, my pick to make the team is uh, William, William and Mary's Bill Murray. Bill Murray. I, I think Murray's I, I – nice name. And part of it is because I just love Bill Murray, so I'm going to say, oh, he's going to make the team. Uh, but if you read a little bit about his background, what he can do in special, special teams, um, the position he plays, defensive tackle, I think that might make sense for them as well, uh, given how this training camp, if and when it ever starts, uh, plays out for this team. So there's a few guys to watch. I, I'm with you on uh on Taylor, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he had the – eighth or ninth most uh, yards back in uh, 2018. So a, a guy worth watching, I think, especially if this team has to make some cap moves related to running back, be it Brandon Bolden, Rex Burkhead even maybe. Um, so definitely a positional watch. I think when training camp eventually happens,
0: I, I love I love preseason football. I, that's
1: the I best. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. I love the positional battles. I love I love I read every single projected fifty-three man roster that's ever written because I'm like I gotta know I gotta know what people are seeing that I'm not seeing.
0: That's right. And when they make the team, you can be like, "Yep, called that one on February third or whatever, May May fifth of, uh, of 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 20- twenty. Oh May, what are we May? today yeah yeah, yeah. Mason, Mason. i'm already losing my days uh, every, when,
1: every year there's a guy yeah. who was the guy last year who was the running ja, back last year well
0: jacoby myers was the guy but um brosette was the running back last year and or the, the year, year before that the year before that was the kid from vanderbilt um oh my god he was the all-time rusher at vanderbilt oh he's small web web yes Ra- ralph ralph Webb. Ralph Webb. <laughs>
1: yeah. But every year there's Austin Carr. Every year there's one of those guys that everyone, by the third or fourth game, you're like rooting for him. Like, come on, let's do it, man. Like, you invest yourself in these players so much, and you didn't even know about them. Most of you didn't know about them, you know, a month before that. So that's why I love preseason football.
0: Uh, Was it Brian Timms with Garoppolo? Uh, Yes. Brian Timms, and then Bam Childress was the guy, like, you know, in the, the heyday of the Patriots. Um everybody loved him uh every preseason. Um s- schedule day, you're ready for that tomorrow? A little uh little three hour broadcast?
1: Why is it three hours? <laughs> we know the opponents. We only need to know is the time, the date, and the primetime games. That's it. We don't need anything more than that. Why is this three hours? Why is everything an exhausting, <laughs> exhausting production?
0: Well, if you're bored today, because I don't know what you're doing, like I mean, I got I don't know, I gotta like, you know do the laundry and do the dishes and stuff like that maybe vacuum i don't know maybe a little home depot i i don't know it depends it's but bad. uh yeah, yeah i'll throw that time. in throw, throw that in there too but like all right so last year i made because remember how the leaks came out there were leaks like oh i'm hearing the patriots are gonna be playing in mexico or i hear like this they're gonna be in london this year and so i, I like took all the leaks together and i, tr- I tried to make my own schedule I'm a season ticket holder, so like I want to know. Like I what well, we get a night game, what do we get for you know the Sunday night or is there any like Saturday games or whatever? Like that just a you know season ticket holder. I wanna know. Um, but like are you gonna maybe write your own Ty Anderson's projected uh 2020 Patriot schedule?
1: I can't do it because then people are gonna click it and be like, This is wrong. And I'm like, dude, I don't I'm taking it's projected. I don't know what you want me to say. One game I'm curious about. Do they make them go to Kansas City for when they raise the banner that night? Or is that the Ravens, do you think? Because I, Ooh. Is that, that's, cause the Patriots or the NFL made the Chiefs come to Foxborough when the Patriots raised their banner uh, back in uh, 2017. So do the Chiefs want that kind of payback game? Or does that did the NFL say, no, no, we want Lamar Jackson against Patrick Mahomes for, to be our week one kickoff game?
0: That could really motivate the Ravens, too. Like, That's what I'm saying this could like be two, it's like twofold for the Ravens. Like, do you want to be there? At the same time, you do because it motivates you. And we know Belichick loves Andy Reid, so I, I think they'd be fine with that. But are, they,
1: are the Ravens even going to Kansas City? I'm like saying this, not even knowing this. I, I know it. they're playing them, but are they? Are they going there? I don't. You, I don't you know. Should, you
0: should know that stuff, Ty. I, That's I, why I don't don't have, on the radio. I have, ah. I have no
1: excuse. I haven't left my apartment <laughs> in 45 days
0: i uh it's been dude i i'm lucky i i get to come in every once in a while like i tomorrow i'll be in with toucher and rich i might call i don't know because i'm on it but yeah i'm lucky i get in i get my one once a week in gets me out of the house i'll stop somewhere on the way home and and then i go back to to doing this for six days a week uh just real quick so don shula passed away um i do think he was a great coach and i know people around here want to discredit him he did choke in some huge games. And this isn't a guy who's now dead and I'm burying him or nailing a coffin or anything. It's more about Bill Belichick. Um, do, do you want Bill Belichick to get the record? Like, Is this something now that Brady's moved on and maybe they might not be competitive for a year or two that you're now starting to look ahead to that record? And do you think Bill Belichick needs that record?
1: I don't think he needs it necessarily. And I want to see him challenge for it, but I don't want to see him having to coach games from the press box or whatever, because he's too old to be on the field. I mean, he's always kind of said that too. He doesn't want to be out there if he can't be who he is.
0: So Marv Levy doesn't want to be Marv Levy.
1: Exactly. So I don't want that either because I think that would hurt his legacy. And that you don't want to remember the guy as, as that, right. You want to remember him for what he's been for the last 20 years. So Uh, what
0: has he been for the last 20 years? I think What, 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 what will you, will people remember bill Belichick for?
1: They should remember him as the quiet leader of the greatest dynasty of the 21st century. But they're going to go, oh, he filmed the Bengals, so he's a cheater. Oh, he did this, so he's a cheater. Everyone's a big baby. Fuck them.
0: Even, even yeah, good call. Even Don Shula, parental advisory, of course, Yeah, uh, here on the podcast. Nobody, nobody listens. Don't worry. Uh, it, it, anything does, you yeah. said today, don't worry. You might not hear about it later, but um, I'm sure you will.
1: Yeah, I... I <laughs> I hope I don't. I'm
0: You won't. Don't worry about it. Uh, But
1: but I would, no, I just think that I want to see Belichick. I really want to see, more than I want to see Brady win a championship, a seventh, I want to see Belichick win without Brady. I think that's like really what I want to see next because I truly believe that he's the the greatest coach that we're going to see in this lifetime. So I, I want the idiots to have to say, okay, you're right. He is. I I like. I need that validation more than I need anything else in the world. I'll stay inside forever if it means that one of these bozos oh. has to say that he's the greatest of all time.
0: Well, not Larry Zonka, man. Larry Zonka is like, one day we walked into the, the locker room and the opposing team's playbook was there and Don Shula said, no, we don't win that way. Like, get out of here. Give me that damn playbook. What are we going up again? I don't care who you are. I Listen, the most honest guy in the world might look at that or take a peek, right? At least least take a peek, maybe see whose was it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like who who left it behind? I'm sorry, Larry Zonka. I know you did something with that. You might have showed the guys, "Hey, look what we got here." Should we look at it? Like at least there was some sort of comment.
1: You find a wallet on the side of the road. Do you go, huh, a wallet, or do you open it? You open it. You
0: open it, and you look and see how much money is in it.
1: Yeah, and then you make your decision from there. It's a very. We're all
0: human. Have you ever lost? So, by the way, this has happened to me. Have you ever lost your wallet before and then or, or amount of money and someone found it and knew it was yours? And they say, All right, hey, how much is here? Because they counted. Do you you notice that? So that happened to me one day. I went I went to a restaurant, money fell out of my pocket. Guy goes, Hey man, you dropped this. I'm like, Oh yeah, dude, shit. He goes, No, 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 how much money's here? And I was like, $225. And they got boom, 225, and he gave it to me. But like, he counted, he knew. So like that you know, he's trying to play the uh you know the honor system, but he counted. I wonder if he was like uh like big guy just dropped that money. Maybe I should just cause I would I would have been gone. I would have never gone back. Yeah, I've
1: always been a poor piece of shit. So if someone says, Hey, what's <laughs> in your wallet? I'm gonna say uh coupons, expired <laughs> yeah. coupons, a cents well, yeah. on it.
0: That's what I have. I have I have a Charlie card in my uh in there. I have a scratch ticket for a one dollar one dollar cash in. That I've never cashed in.
1: And you're like, what's oh. the point? It's probably expired. <laughs> the game is like over. It's like Christmas 2013. You're like, ah, anyway, whatever. Who cares? I'll carry it around.
0: Uh, couple boy or uh, What do you think of the Jordan documentary? Are you enjoying it?
1: Uh, first of all, a thing that I'm noticing that I love about it, I love the soundtrack. Oh, my God. They're picking the greatest songs ever for, for all these montages. I love it. But I'm I'm finding that I'm watching it when Twitter isn't watching it. I can't watch something when the rest of the world is watching it. Sports is one thing. But like TV shows, when everyone's tweeting about it, I get a headache, and I'm not, I'm not paying attention to the actual show itself. So I've been watching it. I just finished up the fourth episode. My favorite so far has been the, the Dennis Rodman one. Rodman was like one of my favorite players ever. Just, I was a kid, and he had fun hair, and he was uh, uh, just a mean son of a bitch, and I love that. So um, the Rodman episode has been my favorite one uh, to date. But the overall thing about it that I'm kind of finding confusing, and I want your take on this, I hate how it jumps around. I, I It like it, it gives me a headache sometimes. We're, we're in 97, and then I, I, I grab a handful of pretzels, and I look up, and we're in 1988, and Doug Collins is talking about coaching Michael. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute what just happened here? So there's a lot of jumping around that I'm not a huge fan of.
0: It's like Lost. <laughs> if you ever watch the show Lost, like, is this before the plane accident or after the plane accident? No, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's done nice uh, the the soundtrack I guess you can get on Spotify now. Um, oh, I actually tweeted really? the guy. I was, I tweeted him because he's a local dude. I'm like, hey, man,' is this thing on Spotify? and boom, got sent to me. um so I, I I appreciated that a lot. um yeah, and i'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that. you, you got the next ones get better because they get into the gambling thing and uh, th- this guy had a competition problem, man. i, I i'm I'm not gonna say gambling problem because gambling for him. Dude, like he lost fifty-seven thousand dollars in some dude. That's nothing to him. It's nothing. It's it's no literally he he has so much money in shoe and Nike endorsements. Like, forget about McDonald's and Space Jam and Gatorade. <laughs> like, what else did he have that I don't know about? Like he played basketball and made thirty-five million dollars a year. Yeah. So like he he you know, he had all these other things. So like him losing money, that this was like how he released himself.
1: That's me like, dropping my empty wallet. That's what that
0: is. But like, so I get it. Like, I know people want to look into it and say, oh, well, how come he had to miss that that year and his father's death and this and that? They dance around all that stuff. But I don't know. The more I look back on it, the greatest player in the world with a gambling issue. I whatever. Phil Mickelson gambles, right? I mean, Charles Barkley, I know, I don't know if he's still doing Tiger Woods, all those guys. They all do it. Everyone does it. It's not like they're doing – Michael Jordan, from what I gather, never did anything bad in his career besides that. And, and I don't it, even know if you want to consider that bad.
1: No, I mean, the, the Puritans will, but but I, I don't. I think that all every genius, every savant, every superstar has something. There's something beyond just them being great at sports, and there's something in their closet, I think, every time. I, I, I really do believe that. And, hey, for Tiger, it was <laughs> –
0: Women, Part, parties, and women.
1: Yeah, and and so hey, if Jordan. If it was the competition, as you say, just needing to win everything you do, that can be healthy and unhealthy. And so you got to find that balance. And I do wonder, as the deeper we go in this, is it going to be more of a documentary about Michael Jordan, the story that he wants to be told, or is it the Chicago Bulls and the story that they want to tell? Uh, I do wonder if that's going to sort of rear sure. and more, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's Jordan had final say on uh, on everything. I guess they're doing another documentary, and I think they're doing the Warriors asked to do one recently. Oh, really? Um, I don't know if I, that one could be interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean they
1: did change the game forever. You got to give them that credit. And, and the three Kevin Durant, on three pointers,
0: the Kevin Durant stuff too, like beating him and then joining.
1: Uh, know, give Nick, Give me like three episodes alone on Kevin and Draymond. Yeah, that's all. I, that's all I need.
0: I'd I'd be I'd be in on that. Uh, so this was supposed to be the year of summer concerts, Ty. Uh, Rage Against the Machine and Foo Fighters and who else? Uh, you know, all the Fenway concerts like Weezer, Green Day.
1: I had tickets for the Green Day one.
0: Uh, and like, I don't I don't think, I mean, they haven't been postponed yet, have they?
1: There's no way they're happening. There's, there's <laughs> no way they're happening. We're like just now being like, hey, golf may be coming back. There's no way they're going to be like, oh, yeah, 35,000 people. Yeah, come on down to Fenway.
0: Yeah, so it's over. It's, it's over. That <laughs> it, it, it was too good to be true, though. It, it was won. going to be a damn good summer of, of concerts.
1: I know there's another Fenway one that I feel like we're missing right now.
0: Uh, oh, Motley Crue.
1: Yes, my mom yeah. was going to that one. My mom was is a big be Motley Crue fan. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, Aerosmith. I think was playing again. Aerosmith
1: and Extreme. My uncle's my uncle's there band. You so, so there you go. There we go. I was going to that one too. Oh, so now I'm not going to that. I'm not going to that one either. So.
0: So dude all right so one of my best friends was was in an em- was in an emo band it was called Faraway. Uh they were originally called Stay the Night and he like would go on tour with um uh the the Starting Line and like Brand New and like Finch
1: real bands
0: like Yeah these I'm, and, 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 these, and these were kind of before they were big. Like I knew Jesse Lacey before he sent, you know, pictures. Um but yeah, so like I'd, I'd hang out with these guys, and I wasn't really into the emo thing. I was more of like a supporter of my buddy, and like I liked the music, and I thought that the drums were really fast and everything. Um, but I, I was, as we just kind of talked about earlier, like there was a lot of butt rock going on, like puddle of mud, um, just but real bad butt rock going on. Real uh, bad saliva. Yeah, saliva was another one. Chevelle. Uh, trapped. Just, yeah, trapped. <laughs> Andrew W.K., which people liked, I guess. Yeah. But uh, uh, P.O.D., P.O.D., like, the, it was it was bad. We, we had a bad run.
1: P.O.D. And- was the perfect music to listen to if you were trying to drop in on a half pipe, but also praise Jesus. Like, <laughs> it was, I guess what you wanted to listen to.
0: But then, like, one day, I don't know. I think it was, I mean, I always liked Blink, but I don't know if it was, like, um, like, Dashboard Confessional I liked. And I don't know if it was because I got soft one day i don't know and then like i start like finding out about these other bands like like jimmy eat world and i'm like dude i think i've heard of them before you know and all of a sudden some other bands start coming around but like when did like your emo love start because i think mine was dashboard confessional Mm -hmm. uh, and i did like newfound glory a lot um but i guess like when did your emo uh love begin well i was
1: always a punk kid and and then you know I'm around 13 14 years old and i'm trying to get a girlfriend not a good thing for me just given the way i look so i was like well they like this kind of music maybe i'll try to listen to this kind of music so um yeah so you started kind of finding out more about these bands like it, where i grew up the used was like a huge band yeah. man, as far as the emo phase I mean, goes. he
0: dated uh, the osborne chick when uh, oh, Kelly Osborne. yeah they were a reality show and he, he was on it yeah
1: that's right, and then and then um, my chemical romance was a big one too. Oh, yeah. so, um, and then it was weird because like some bands that you knew as like not like emo like necessarily like Green Day American Idiot came out and they have Boulevard of Broken Dreams, waking up when September ends. No, Billy American Billy Idiot. Joe Armstrong's wearing eyeliner now, and you're yeah. like, what the hell's going on? And, and so they kind of got lumped into that category as well. Um. So, like anything, started out listening to that for the chicks, man. Just trying to get a girlfriend. Very unsuccessful, may I add. But uh, but yeah, I was I was never like I was never wearing like girl jeans and dyeing my hair jet black or anything like that. But I would listen. I would listen when my friends weren't paying attention. I had a punk image I had to try to maintain there, so it had to be a closet kind of uh, listening experience for me.
0: Who who would you say your top emo bands were?
1: Oh well. Depends who you include in that grouping, but if I had to say there's one that I could actually listen to, it would be that first My Chemical Romance album, um, and then Early Fallout Boy, Boy, uh, from Under the Cork Tree, that album, that album's a good album, man. So I would say that that's, those are probably my two, um, but if you're looking for like deeper cuts, from first to last, man, that was Sonny Moore before he became Skrillex. That was like his band. Um, so that's one as well that I, I think was a real game changer. They were up there wearing Johnny Cupcake shirts. Everyone's like, "What the hell is this?" Next thing you know, they're this massive, massive company.
0: Yeah, and then next thing you know, there was the the All American Rejects and Say Anything and Something Corporate and Simple Plan and AFI and who else? Alkaline Trio and it just all be coke uh, Yeah, Alkaline Trio
1: my number one. That'd be my number one actually. But uh, I think of them more as punk than I do. But but yes, they are. Good Morning is very emo. Uh, I would say by them. Have you ever heard of old AFI like before? Yeah, yeah, dude, they were like a straight up like punk.
0: Yeah, real punk, like band. A jawbreaker.
1: Like, <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. And and then if you see AFI, they play like Miss Murder, and someone yells, "Hey, play old shit!" and they go, "That was our old shit." And then I just die. I'm just like, ah, I'm out of here. I hate
0: this. Yeah. See, I never, uh, I never liked the Dropkick Murphys, and like I know people like want to like the different different genres, but like same kind of like you know the listener like oh you know I, I this weekend st Patrick's day we gotta go to a drop kick murphy's concert and like i know people like glass jaw and like all these other places it's just it, i got i got confused so i'm a failed musician that's that's kind of how i got in the radio i my buddies had a band and i started singing and i started learning music and shit and like all the music was so bad so all i would do is listen to grunge music from the 90s and mm-hmm. like i would start over i'd go all right let's get nirvana and in chains okay great after this you know, there was, the, I, cause I was already in the rap, like the biggie Tupac all that shit was already happened. Um, but then like, I don't know, something like Bush came out and then smashing and pumpkins and then STP and then like 98, I don't know what happened to music, it's it, but those two thousands, man, I think back now, like I, I, the boy bands, I think were before their time. Cause like, I don't know. I hear like backstreet boys now. And I'm like, I, I was an NSYNC guy. And I, maybe you don't want to admit that I was an NSYNC guy, but now I look back and I'm like, Backstreet Boys were better. They are better now than NSYNC.
1: I like the, uh, the song where they say "Backstreet's back." I don't know what yeah. that's called, but I like that song. Back. All right, I'm like that has like a good that has a good beat, man. That has a really good beat. I'm not afraid to tell you either that I made my mother take me to the Spice Girls movie back Whoa. in 1998. I said, "Hey, I want to go see this movie." Big fan of that.
0: Another I, another trendy band from the nineties that that uh, made a big hit. Uh, I saw you tweet out that you ha- you listen to the emo channel and they're popping in like Evanescence. And...
1: Yeah, like what are we doing here? Those are, those are like the bands that like the kids who wore like etnies and hung out underneath the bleachers, listened to. No emo kid listened to the Evanescence and Papa Roach and Three Days Grace. We, no one listened to that. That didn't happen. That wasn't a thing that they did.
0: Ooh, Papa Roach. That was another. 99
1: 2000 I know that was and now they only make wrestling theme songs or wrestling pay-per-view songs I think <laughs> they're like one of those bands now uh, they're like certain bands that only make wrestling uh pay-per-view songs now
0: speaking of wrestling we saw you at Friday Night Smackdown oh hell yeah um, you were doing the tour what have you thought of wrestling Wrestlemania I, I think it's in a bad place Ty
1: it's in a bad place and not having a crowd is not helping it, it's it's Clearly, they're trying to make the best out of what they can do right now. You look at Raw's booking. This Zelina Vega super team that she's built is getting pushed like nothing I've seen before, and I think it's because they're just there. They're there every week, so why not? Uh, they're not mentioning Roman Reigns' name right now, which is weird. Kevin uh, Owens,
0: yeah, on Kevin on? Owens is out right now. The guy beats Seth Rollins, but he's not in the championship.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, that's that's what they're doing over there. So uh they, they they're trying to make something out of nothing I feel you know and 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 this won't surprise anyone who knows me but I'm a big Alistair Black guy so I'm all rooting for him now I think that that's the guy but I, at the same time I'm like is he just the guy because no one else is around right now because they just the programming just seems really thin at the moment they need a, they need a crowd they need crowds back they need the full roster back and I almost wish they would pause, but I understand why they can't at the same yeah. time.
0: So, the, just quick uh, wrestling tangent. I think AEW is really bringing it inside the ring. Like, these guys know how to, to actually do matches and tell stories in the ring. Where, you know, WWE, these guys have to go on tour and they're doing dark matches and they're working with the same guys and they're developing chemistry. And that's why when pay per views come, they have good matches. But, like, every time Baron Corbin makes a move and then stops, He's always waiting for this like crowd reaction. You know, there is no crowd. So it's like when we watch, it's like, man, this, this is bad because that's who they play to. Where like AEW, they just wrestle. They just know how to do it. And WWE is like always playing up the crowd, always playing up heel or face. And they just haven't been able to get around that. And I think them not have going on tour and, and building that chemistry is really hurting them inside the ring because they're all young guys, you know?
1: Yeah. And you also have the fact, too, that like the crowd kind of dictates where stories go right now. You don't have that. And so that I think that's sort of a a factor as well. And the part uh, that I'm curious what you think about this as well is is my frustration with WWE storytelling has always been that storylines and feuds in particular are always either two weeks and abandoned or they go on for 16 weeks. And you're like, oh, my God, end this already. Why are we still doing this?
0: Like Rusev and Lashley yeah <laughs> like that, and, thing, that thing went on for forever um and
1: Corbin and reigns it was like why is this still happening uh they had once they had every time you thought that a feud was ending they would go again on smackdown the next week and you're like well, why is this still happening what is this advancing for anybody
0: well i hope this braun Strowman bray thing co- goes a little longer um and i'm curious i'm curious like if drew beats seth like, do they just bury Seth again? <laughs> like, where does Seth go? And then who's next? Jinder Mahal? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so give me a little bit more time for storylines to build, uh, to build just a little bit. Some people are checking in on the wrestling tag. You need to Google pics of Hugh Jackman in Bad Education. He looks like Vince McMahon. Um, will the code hacker be Ali or a surprise? Oh yeah, do you hear about this? Uh, co- There's like this guy. That's yeah, a code hacker.
1: I was hoping he was going to hack the NFL draft.
0: Never I, I wonder who that will who will be. They're he saying could be, it
1: could be multiple guys. Like that's like one of the rumors out there. It might be more than one. My, my bet was going to be Xavier Woods just because he's doing nothing but.
0: Ooh, I, and he's great behind the scenes. Yeah, he is. So, uh, he I don't is know. great. Wow, interesting uh, wrestling talk. All right, Ty. A couple more before we get you out of here, and I appreciate your time here. Right, uh, exactly. Your thoughts on the Murder Hornets?
1: I uh, don't. I don't fuck with horns. I almost said that on the air when we were on the air. <laughs> I was like, oh, I gotta stop myself here. Um, I, I don't fuck with hornets. I don't fuck with bees. I don't like any of that shit, man. I don't, I'll never forget. I was on a uh, opening day for Town League Baseball one year. We're about to go on the field. I got stung on my throwing hand by a bee, and my, my finger just like ballooned up, and it was awful. And uh, I just, I, I got a bee in my helmet one time playing football. Whoa. That was not fun. Um, I don't, again, I just don't fuck with bees, man. They just, I and leave the, them alone. They leave me alone. That's yeah, that's I, all I can ask.
0: I'm a big man, but those little buggers fucking scare the shit out of me. <laughs> like, I, dude, there was like a, like a little thing flying around in the house the other day. I'm like, get it out. Like, <laughs> I, I like open murder I, Hornet. I all the doors. Yeah. I could let in more things opening the doors, but nope. Just get, get that one thing out. Um, I did watch a video yesterday on the murder Hornets though. Like they, they're for real. Like they, they can like take over beehives. I mean, we already got the like the pandemic happening. Like we don't need insects now to like you know fear us. like We. The, the, I'm sorry. I've had. I think we had enough for a little while on uh on something. What about UFOs? Um, Tom DeLong, you know, former uh, Blink One Eighty Two guy. Who, by the way, I could do the old uh the Tom DeLong voice. You know. Oh, really? I finish what i started like yeah i, I yeah like my little windmill uh because that's how all emo, oh guys yeah. sound but tom delong was big on ufos and looks like the government confirmed there's some sort of identified flying objects i'm not saying they're aliens but there are identified flying objects in the air
1: uh so i'm very pro ufo i think that the, the universe is too big for us to be alone. I think that's arrogant to think that we're the only intelligent life form out there. Uh, yeah, no, that anytime you have a video of, of a pilot going, I don't know what this is, I'm like, you don't know what this is. Well, that's, that's alarming because you should know what this is. That's what you guys do. You know what these things are. Uh, so yes, I think that UFOs are indeed real. Fun fact about Tom DeLong, he tweeted at me one time yeah. and I didn't, I didn't tag him. So he found this tweet. And he replied to me, because T.D. Garden for like years would always play angel, Angels and Airwaves songs. And I said, the Garden is playing this Angels and Airwaves again, but none of, the songs, none of the songs are about aliens. What the hell? And he wrote back, he said, those are the worst songs then. No. <laughs> so he's very aware as to what is being said about him in the, in the, uh, the alien world. So, uh, also, there's a person that both of us know, who once had to uh, help Tom Delong get marijuana before a show in Lowell, Massachusetts. So we I... both know who this person is. Mm. Uh, if you ever find him, I'll tell you who it is. You can ask the story after. It's a great story. Wow. Uh, but yes, so so I'm, I'm big on right. aliens as well.
0: I one time smoked marijuana with Jesse Lacey from, uh, from Brand New. That. I didn't know that he'd become Jesse Lacey from Brand New. Yeah. Um, you know. Because that that album with the astronaut on it was what the hell is the name of that
1: album? Oh, uh, but it had hey, like it had like every about. hit
0: in the world on that damn album. Yeah, like if you really pop that thing in today, you'd be like, oh my god, this is the jam. Like everyone, back to back to back to back. Um, yeah, that 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 album had it all. Uh, Andy Merritt checking in, your boy, uh, the only person in record human history to actually get a literal bee under his bonnet. <laughs> Uh, True. This is, is one tired. Uh, I have a, bad, a couple of bad bee stories. Uh, I grew up near Blue Hills, and I was at a camp, and I stepped on a bike They they got me, dude. Like they all uh, over me, not my face, body all you over.
1: Coley Culkin and My Girl just get fucked up by bees.
0: The thing is, I didn't kick it. Like he was looking for the ring, and I think you know he he would always mess with the bees. She even said it to him. Yeah. Um. And then obviously, but yeah. And then one time in my backyard, I got I got destroyed, dude. So yeah. And I got stung by a bee like a year ago, and I felt it, and I heard it, and I saw the sting, and I, I was like, it's oh, not that bad. Little 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 bit of a bruise, but now I think I've I think I've I've I'm bigger than the bee now. But they yeah. still they still freak me out.
1: What about ticks?
0: Out. I don't want anything to do with ticks. And I love dogs, and I feel bad, but like the only way you can do anything is burn them, right?
1: Yeah. We had a nature retreat when I was in seventh grade, my seventh grade class. And we just went out to the woods for like, you know, five days or whatever it was. I had a tick on my nipple, like directly on my nipple. That's where it was. It was awful. How'd they it was, get it? How do you think? You had to pull it off and just pull it off a nipple.
0: Did you, did you have nipple rash after?
1: I well, we all had rashes. We were about, <laughs> we are about thirteen years old in the woods for a week, and it was ninety degrees. Though we all had rashes, and it was very. The teachers were like, "Oh shit, we gotta get these guys some powder. Like this is this is not good." <laughs> uh, but but yeah, no, uh, that's how I met my best friend or one of them. Wow. I said, "Hey, you want to see this tick on my nipple?" And he went, "Uh, yeah, I do." And then we became friends ever since.
0: That's funny. So uh, one year, uh, so in the city of Boston, if you grew up there, they gave you a summer job. They used to be called red shirts, but then they didn't want us to wear red shirts because of gang relations so cool. uh, we all had like these light blue shirts after that um but yeah so i worked one day i got poison ivy and mayor menino from hyde park um paid me for the whole entire year thank you sir peace uh but that's what when we were si- young in the city they give us jobs and pay us weekly to do like you know uh landscaping work like hey you're gonna go to this park today and and rake glass and mow the lawn and pick up trash so we'd get there at 6 a.m., leave it at 2, and it was like the greatest job in history. And uh, that's where the city's money was going uh, during those days. <laughs> like, so so they're paying for my drinking habit in, uh, in high school. Uh, what are your thoughts on Zoom parties?
1: Uh, I don't like them. Too many people talking. Some idiot always has the, the volume uh, not properly adjusted. And then they, they have an echoing effect, and then the camera's always on them, and I don't hear what the other person is saying uh i i do not care for them uh how about yourself
0: i've only done a couple um and it's not a party i've done like like zoom like uh like we have a weekender show maybe you should be a part of it at some point um on youtube we have to zoom in and i can't get the zoom to work so like i mean yeah. I'm, I'm in charge of my group zoom mm-hmm. and i i can't get it to go to youtube
1: it's stressful man it's too stressful for me like I have a hard time talking to like three people at the same time. Now you want to introduce 10 people and none of them are in the same room. Yeah. It's like my nightmare. I don't want to do any of that.
0: Nope. About, and you know what? No, it's been happening to me lately. I get text messages of zoom invites. I don't oh. know who it is.
1: Don't care for that either. I so
0: the other day it's like, do you want to join the zoom? And I'm like, oh no like, like that's, that's trap who's and what happens if it's like somebody you don't want to talk to at all yeah like you're avoiding but like they they did it from another number i had somebody else send it uh that I, was yeah, I,
1: I the worst thing in the world is when people get my number like when people i'm like how'd you get my number and they're like oh i got i'm like why are people getting on my number who Ooh. who is doing this to me
0: <laughs> well if it's not on the on if me? If it, what about the wall that's in the, you, you know, the office or the production studio? You know? <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah. Hey man, I grabbed your number off the production wall.
1: I, I just, I, I, am so like, I'm so protective of my information now more than ever before. And, and I just don't know why, but I'm like, Dude, don't get my number out. Uh, have them send me a, a, a email. Like I, I need to be managed I
0: or, or just t- tweet, tweet at them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, something happened to me. I'm now in group chats. With like different friends, and mm. some of my friends want to want me to include them in the chat, but it's like, dude, this chat's not for you. Like, yeah, <laughs> if I wanted to invite you to this chat, I think we'd have our own like, we'd have our own chat. Um, it's weird. I don't know if you have group chats, but like, I have one with like Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Jimmy, where we just talk wrestling and Andy Wong, we just we just talk wrestling, yeah. And then I have like chats for like, you know, other people are like, you know, gambling and like and like now it's like can, hey can you invite me to that and i'm like i don't know man this is like my own this is like a private chat over here This
1: is like your bubble like you can't <laughs> come into my bubble man i i have uh, one group chat with my two best friends and i have another group chat with um it's kind of the younger crew of bruins beat writers it's hmm. myself connor ryan uh from boston sports journal yeah. uh, marissa and jemmy yeah. uh Evan and um and she's not really a Bruins person, but Nicole Yang from the Boston Globe who does oh, Celtics cool. stuff. Yeah, so it's like you know the younger, the younger demo, I guess, always, uh, always just talking about Bruins or complaining about the the old timers.
0: The uh, the old time Bruins guys, we know we know about them. And, uh,
1: I'm just kidding. We don't complain about them too much.
0: No, I, I I know how it is. Like, I God bless the guys that don't have to go on the road that cover the Bruins, right? Like, just get their TV time, do their little segment, you know, get the interview that they want. It's a, uh, well, you'll get there someday time. No, yeah. Anyway.
1: It's, it's weird. I, I think that, um, I mean, the the beat is weird because it, there's been so many guys doing it for so long, right. That it's kind of a lot of the other beats in town have had turnover. You know what I mean? Like, like there've been new writers, new faces. The Bruins beat has been the same 10 people for a long time now you know so well it, you know what it I is see.
0: years ago like felger was on that beat oh yeah and mean sindon was like get this guy off yeah he, <laughs> like...
1: called, uh, he called jacob's a thief he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they were like this guy's gotta go and then they went to the patriots and fell and then all of a sudden belichick's like fuck this guy
1: <laughs> I, it's crazy that that happened to him and he became like the superstar yeah because I know. Of that. Jacob's only like, they only have themselves to blame for making Mike Felger, Mike Felger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Literally. Right. They used the promo a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. Um,
1: like yeah. You know, you do this. All right. We're going to get you back now. They were, they were waiting 20 years for that moment.
0: All right. We'll wrap it up here. We do quarantine things that you've been doing during quarantine. quarantine. Okay. Uh What shows you're currently watching or binging?
1: Uh, my girlfriend is showing me new girl for the first time. Mm. I, I never really watched that show. Um, so I've been watching that. Um, I've been wa- watching some episodes of Dave. The, I love the, Dave. Dude. Little Dicky. Uh, did, yeah.
0: did you watch? the last one?
1: No, I'm like two behind right now. So the, I got the gotta.
0: last. The season finale was was so good. But you probably saw this episode then. Him and his girl are talking. She's got some issues going on privately. He goes to the rap studio <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Hey man, like you're gonna rap for us or whatever." And he starts rapping about his girl. the dude gets it puts it out it's all over the internet she breaks up with him um but i don't know if you know that spoiler alert whatever but like the dude can just flow on anything i think it's a great show
1: that's awesome and it's it's funny that they're now two for two on shows involving rappers because atlanta is awesome and i've been waiting for season three of atlanta now for since season two ended and it keeps getting delayed because donald clever has so many hands different projects but uh it's a nice concept they have here and it's working right now
0: if I can give you one more show about a rapper. Uh, is- Issa Ray is on HBO. It's uh, called Insecure. I think yeah. there's been about three or four seasons. Okay, it's it's more of a more leaning towards the women, let's say. Mm-hmm. But uh, ask the girl, like, hey, ever ever watched Insecure? Issa Rae is like a comedian, but she raps on the show. Okay, so so maybe that's one you guys can get into. It's they're half hour. They're only a half hour show. I love that. So I you can half hour shows. crank them out fast, but it's funny. It's about relationships, love, life, current events, Uber pools. Like it's, it's, it's good. And it's on HBO on, uh, on Sunday nights at 10 o'clock. I was going to mention that. And I was going to mention, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, dark side of the ring is very good on Land.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've seen a few of them in the past. I, I, I haven't watched the Benoit one yet. That's the one I need to like dive into.
0: Oof. It's For, rough, don't, right. Don't eat anything before. Uh, it's uh that was it's good it's actually very chris jericho dude at the end of it is a saint i i don't want to spoil it but um yeah. he literally is a wrestling saint uh what's like your go-to snack right now during uh quarantine
1: uh starburst favorites reds jelly beans oh my god they're unreal they're the, they're the best it's First of all, I'm a big jelly bean guy. I think jelly beans are, are an elite treat. They don't get the credit they deserve only around Easter. Come on. This is a year round treat. Don't, don't do this only Easter thing with jelly beans. They're good all the time. Uh, but the starburst favorites, it's like fruit punch, cherry, strawberry. That's all you need that. Those are the best flavors of starburst. So, so I've been, I've been doing that. And, uh, and, uh, Cheetos popcorn. If you can find this, grab it. It's so good.
0: They have them at the garden.
1: Yeah, but this is like Cheetos, like their own version of it. It's not no. it's not as good as that version. That The garden version is amazing, but this has been nice, too. It's like smart food, but with just Cheeto dust mm. instead of the, the white cheddar dust. So, big fan of that.
0: Uh, mine have been Welch's Fruit Snacks. I mean,
1: Oh, great, great call.
0: I've been like, you can get um, two actual packages for $4 at Market Basket.
1: How do you eat them? Do you eat them a handful, or do you go <laughs> one by one?
0: I... I start one by one and then it just all goes That's in. Right.
1: After, uh, I, after three, you go, what the fuck am I doing?
0: <laughs> one, two, and then I'm like, yeah. Yep. And I I have to have two. I can't just have one uh yeah, just I, one bag.
1: You, you feel like an asshole just popping them one by one. You're like, what are these vitamins? No, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna eat these all 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 at once.
0: Um what's Ty Anderson's like favorite frozen food? Do you have like a like a is there like one go to? Do you have like a list of frozen foods?
1: Uh, frozen food uh, you're talking like microwave like yep
0: oven microwave could be a dessert uh,
1: I would say that hot pocket just like the cheese beats the hot mm. pocket always good always hits a spot uh, but if I'm talking like oven if I have time in the oven those chicken tenders that they, the Tyson chicken tenders are are awesome almost better than some fast food joints I will I will honestly I will go on the record and say that if you have the right sauce selection, it can be just as good if not better than than the drive through.
0: people might not like this take, but I love Chili's chicken crispers. So, you know, it's a little bit it's kind of like a chinese chicken finger mm-hmm. in their batter. So, if you ever get, and and lately I had curbside 99 and I got the gold finger wing, actually it's called the black and gold finger wings. Oh. After the Bruins course and uh and then the buffalo but like you can get them half and half of blue cheese mm-hmm. for, like 10 bucks oh like, yeah the steel dude and they're really good
1: in Dorica, we had uh three ninety nines. 99s so <laughs>
0: in, in three in one town
1: yeah i think there was, there was two or three there's three market baskets i know that one town three market baskets market
0: basket rules we don't there's the, i grew up in the city there is there was not a market basket in the city market yeah. basket rules people are chatting in here the tyson uh chicken tenders are better than any fast food chicken besides mcnuggets
1: it's a bold take hmm. i like the burger king tenders a lot now man those are those you,
0: dude 10 for like a buck right or a buck it's
1: crazy. it's crazy that that i don't know how that makes economic sense for them but i'm on board with that how can i be profitable for burger king i do wonder <laughs>
0: chili's chicken crispers i'm telling you man by the
1: way uh, speaking of uh don't bring up chilies around scott zolak he had a bad time what there was around. up
0: with that I, somebody mentioned that to me yesterday
1: uh they had him waiting way too long for his curbside takeout
0: listen i got i got mexican yesterday okay i called they told me it was going to be like two hours and i was like fuck it i need it so i waited i got i went and got Testitos on my own and then I kicked around I waited for 40 minutes and I got my but I knew it was going to be a while it's Cinco de Mayo yeah what like if it's curbside pickup they'll tell you it's ready in 15 30 minutes whatever this was Cinco de Mayo you know how many like fajitas they're throwing in on a, on, a, on a like everywhere dude the, I tried to get I tried to get Kowloon on WrestleMania day and couldn't oh man and you know I know a guy, okay?
1: you know you know <laughs> <eat> guy
0: <laughs> I could we just couldn't. He was uh, back there slaving because there was a line wrapped around' Route one.
1: I live in Medford square and um and there's a Tanakh right down the road from Oh there.
0: so good
1: and I walked by oh. yesterday and there was a massive line uh, outside outside Tanakh so i I got I got a burrito on Monday night i I was one day early and unintentional i didn't even realize that I, again i don't know what date it is so i didn't realize that yesterday was cinco de mayo until i walked by Tanakh yesterday <laughs> but uh but but you're a north shore guy right
0: i live in i'm from the city i now live in the north shore
1: okay if you're looking for mexican food you know the place you howling, gotta up.
0: well i like border cafe it's great
1: howling wolf howling wolf
0: in and salem yeah oh that's my where, god it's that, that's, where, that's where i got food from yesterday oh uh, fantastic choice yeah, Howling Wolf in downtown. South. I live literally seven minutes away. Uh, but yeah, and it's like Americanized. It's good. I love yeah. the burritos are good. All their chicken's good. Uh, everything is very good. But you, if you're in Medford Square, dude, what is it? Uh, Alamo roast beef. Mm-hmm. Um, I I go to the Dominican barbershop That's right next to the Dunks right there. Oh yeah. yeah. There's the men's room there, and then. Yeah. Uh, but I go to what is it? Modern right there. Modern yeah. pastry. Modern,
1: modern pastry. Yep. yep.
0: I go there. I go to Tanash. And then, uh, Bacelli's is that what's uh, that pizza joint that's right there?
1: There's Wellington's and there's GNP. Uh, there's Do a we, few, there's like a few piece places. Pin, pink
0: Pinkies is really good if you ever get a chance, yeah.
1: Th- yeah, and but I used to order Pinkies at my old apartment all the time.
0: And if you, Bob's Deli, I, people rave about oh. Bob's, it's so good. If you get a chicken parm on a breaded roll, yep. dude. Like, yep, that's that could, the one that could fill you up for like a week. I bought
1: it. I was like, oh my god, I almost dropped it. I was like, I this is one sandwich. Okay, okay. And, uh,
0: there used to be a place called to- uh Tony by George, but it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's um, if you get a chance, Brazilian food if you like it, or, or Brazil Oasis, it's on the corner there. Mm-hmm. I think Pacelli's is across the pizza joint across the street. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so many. there, Medford. Oh,
1: it's a good, oh. it's a good food hub. It's, oh. it's a lot of good choices. And you kind of run that Somerville line. So you get some of the Somerville restaurants as yeah, well.
0: Yeah, You can get Avellino's in there. Yep. Okay. I, I did this the other day and I know I'm taking up time. I wanted a Sicilian pizza. I wanted a Sicilian, the best Sicilian pizza in my opinion is Leone's on, on Broadway in Somerville It yep. is the best half sheet Sicilian going in the area. But I didn't want to drive to Somerville from PBD. I just, I was like, I'm not doing it. I tried a place down the street. It was very good, mm-hmm. but sometimes, Ty, you just got to go to Old Faithful. Even if you got to, go, like, if you're in Medford and you want that tenacious, you, you got to take the ride to Salem. You just got to do it, you know. But the best Sicilian going, Leone's, and what is Lindell's Bakery? If you get a chance to Somerville,
1: oh, yeah. yep, oh, so good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I my favorite bakery, or and this is venturing into the city. But I'm a Bovis guy. I'm not a modern.
0: Boy. 24 hours a day, baby.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. You <laughs> go in there at like one in the morning and get one of like the little chicken parm calzones. It's 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 heaven. It's heaven wrapped in a calzone. Love it.
0: One more recommendation. There's a place called Lambert's. There's actually one in Dorchester and Morrissey Boulevard. I go to the one in Norwood though. On the way to the stadium, they have these calzones, man. Buffalo chicken. Uh, they have pepperoni calzones. They have uh, chicken parm meatball calzones. <sighs> oh. I'm I'm starving right now. I'm like I'm literally very hungry right now. Uh, last I'm, thing, what will you remember most about quarantine?
1: Uh, how much I grew to miss things I previously hated. Like I'll sit in traffic right now, if, <laughs> if you give me the opportunity. I'll just
0: do it. 93 South. I'll in just the sit tunnel. for
1: an hour. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know what? I'll have the windows down. I'll be like, oh the sun is out and I can enjoy it. Uh, I will I'm I'm not gonna complain about things that I normally complain about for at least I don't know, three weeks. Give me. I'll give you three weeks, and then after that, I'm like, "Fuck, neither yourself. Why do we build a station here? This is stupid." So
0: I can't take the dishes anymore, man. Like,
1: oh my god, I
0: don't know it's, how it's, they pile up, dude. They just pile, like where I just did these. How come they're uh, there again? Like, it just you know, a lot of
1: divorces and breakups uh, about dishes oof. and 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 what have you. I didn't realize how much food we just go through being at home. Yeah, like okay. I'm like. Two hundred bucks
0: a week, two people, and you're not a big person. Like, no. I bet you oh, we're out
1: of soda already. What happened?
0: I gave up coffee. Um, well, I, I'm i a, I'm a snob, so I go to Starbucks, and they closed the Starbucks near my my way. Did they really? And so I, um, I forty five days without a coffee.
1: I'm uh I'm very much a uh I, 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 a Red Bull fiend. I mm. I do Red Bulls and and because I don't drink coffee of any sort and um. That's been hard because I, I usually get them at CVS next door, but now I need to wear a mask to go into CVS. I feel weird walking in just buying candy and snacks and be like, hey, I know you guys are open for people that are sick, but here's my candy and snacks. Uh, so I feel weird doing that every day. So I've been buying like two or three at a time now, just keeping my fridge, but then I blast through them in a day and I'm like, oh, well, that's dumb.
0: Well he's Ty Anderson. He's from 985 the Sports Hub. Let me put your banner back up here so everyone can follow you. Underscore at Ty Anderson. Well at underscore Ty Anderson.
1: Yeah, it's something like that. If you get the wrong one, that's okay with me too. I I, I don't want to get yelled at.
0: Uh he's got the have heart shirt on today. Representing the band.
1: Representing Boston Hardcore, man.
0: Uh Star Wars in the background.
1: We got all three. We got all three originals in here. And the yeah. other side of the room, we got the Avengers. Uh infinity war and Endgame posters too
0: there you go and he's still writing over at 98.5 the sports um people are asking me when i started drinking starbucks a bullshit tie will <laughs> be live tweeting his two-hour trip on the expressway after three days of normal tops i, I got agree. the draft
1: saved and everything
0: <laughs> that's it all right is a tie t- an hour and 45 minutes i hope i didn't pull you away from anything that you really had to do or anything.
1: what do i have to do there's nothing going on right now <laughs> i gotta transcribe some some press conferences or some conference calls but that's it but
0: and now you get to watch felgram mass
1: that's right that's right right yeah. i get a lot of mute in the background right now so it feels weird it feels like we're all hanging out together it's a zoom conference i don't want to do this
0: <laughs> all right he's ty anderson 98 of the sports hub uh it's been fun ty appreciate the time today it was good catching up with you i will have all of this on spotify youtube and itunes so when you go for that big job interview you were like, dude, I was on that just sitting here podcast with Joe Murray. Here's everything you need to know about me. I can do that. Really? I want
1: to do that. I like. I <laughs> like being here. I don't want to have a job. With you
0: <laughs> you want to stay here forever? No, I agree. Me too. I, I I'm going. I'm going on eight years now. I hopefully can. If I can get the ten, dude, maybe they'll give me a plaque.
1: Listen, listen. If it comes down to it, and it's me and you coming in after Jones and doing yeah. it till two or three in the morning, let's in, let's, let's in. do
0: it. Let's do what, it. Hey, is anybody anybody listening out there? Yeah, wow. Okay, yeah. A night a night show? This would be great.
1: Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> hear it. I don't I don't listen, all due respect to the Fox sports people. Every time I turn it on, they're talking about like LeBron James. I don't care that much about LeBron James. <laughs> I can't care that much about LeBron James and the Lakers.
0: And the thing is, I can hold it down until you come back from the game. So, That's like, right. you know, and you could like you can stop at Bovis. Like you, you get some you can, calls going, make yeah, it a we, party. We could have we could literally have a party at night on 98.5 the Sports Hub. I I don't know who's out there listening, but like let's get this shit done. Let's do it. Let's do it. The let's after back. The after hours on 985 the sports hub. All right, Ty, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Enjoy quarantine and uh, we'll be reading you on 985 the Sports Hub.
1: Awesome. Thanks, man.
0: All right, he's Ty Anderson. I'm Joe Murray. I'm getting out of here two hours to an hour and 47 minutes that was fun ty is a good dude and you get to s- learn more about the guys at the station more than just reading them on a uh, on a website or what they say on uh, twitter so that was fun today so tomorrow we have adam kaufman i can't wait to get into the life of adam kaufman tomorrow uh that should be fun so um that's really it for me our big thanks to ty anderson today and everyone who checked in i'm glad everyone had fun uh, when I I'll answer that question about Starbucks. Uh I love Dunk's. The Dunk's food is awesome. I needed a buzz. I, I'm a big dude. I can't be drinking Red Bulls and shit. You know what I mean? Like it gets my heart rate up. And um so I one day it was like just started drinking iced coffee and it gave me a buzz. Um so it's kind of how it happened. Now I I I haven't drank it. So I've been sleeping better. I feel better. And the coffee's it's been good i mean i want a coffee i want a soda i haven't had soda or a coffee um so when things get back to normal whenever that is i i don't know when if they'll ever be a normal again um but who knows who knows what the uh, the vices will be uh going oh, yeah, it's definitely stronger than dunks mike how you doing mike mike yesterday one of the topics on the show was gender reveals. And uh, I think Mike did a gender reveal recently of hitting a baseball bat. Well, Diet Coke's not soda. It's diet. Um, anyways, so gender reveals. He did one. But the gender reveal I saw recently was the Buffalo Bills. They dropped uh, a baby on a table, and then the table exploded, and it showed out, like, you know, whatever color it was, blue or pink or whatever. But sometime, a golf ball. Sorry, Mike um but whatever uh, what are uh, gender reveals i don't know i don't know if i'm in on them i don't know i don't know if that's my thing you know like well like, you want to hit a pinata and see what comes out of it maybe like a, maybe like i don't know, i don't know. what other creative way could we come up with for a gender reveal that like darts um pool like hit a pool ball and whatever once you hit the ball and maybe bowling Maybe bowling. You hit a hit a couple of pins and see what they are. I don't know. There's got to be a way to have more creative gender reveals. And by the way, whoever keeps sending me Zoom invites on text, I'm not I'm not answering them until you identify who you are. I do not want to go into a Zoom conference with somebody I don't know. I don't answer the phone to somebody I don't know. I don't answer text to somebody I don't know. So I'm not joining your Zoom meeting. How about that? What else is going on that I can uh, vent about for a few minutes here? Uh, I need a new TV show. I need a new TV show. Don't give me Ozark. I'm not going to watch Ozark. People have been giving me a Boardwalk Empire. Maybe I'll try that. Uh, What else is out there right now for for shows? Anything good on Netflix that I should watch? I'm into gambling. I'm into mob movies. I like, uh, I like. You know, I'm big into... Like, I watched Braveheart last night again. Thanks, man. Marvel's Runaways. What's that? Hey, Joe Mahoney checking in. I'm good, brother. I need a TV show to watch. Maybe people can fire off uh, anything they're watching. Uh, Waco. Ooh, what's that? That must be about... uh, Should I assume that it's about something going on in Texas or the... The Waco uh, Mysteries from years ago. It's on Netflix. Thank you. I don't have Disney Plus, but I do want to see The uh, Mandalorian. The Office. We brought up a question this week regarding The Office. Who is the worst character on The Office? Mine was Mr. California. I thought his time sucked. I actually thought anything after Michael sucked. Uh, Worst Office character, though. Um, I think that would be a nice discussion. Also, I don't know if, I don't think it's going to be next week, but in the next coming weeks, I'm going to do an episode on what really happened at the end of the Sopranos. Um, I know the director maybe said a certain ending happened. I don't believe him. I have my own thoughts on what happened at the end of the Sopranos, but I might do a whole hour, like a a podcast dedicated to what happened at the end of the Sopranos. Because I've been thinking about this. These great shows that I've loved have had really poor endings. Has anybody even heard of Game of Thrones since it ended? Like, I watched Game of Thrones religiously. Religiously. That ending sucked. I don't care what anybody says. That was one of the greatest shows of all time, and the ending sucked. The Sopranos ending sucked. I don't care what anybody says. I needed closure. You know, Sons of Anarchy, great show. Breaking Bad, great show. I got closure. I got closure. But the, these great shows, oh, you know what just happened recently? I watched Schitt's Creek. Shit's Creek had a good ending. Very good ending. I think on all these shows, we need good endings. Did Tony really die? That's the question. Did Tony really die at The Sopranos? Anyways, I gotta go. I didn't realize I had things to do. See, people are arguing. He didn't die. His life went on. Don't stop believing. Uh, what? I gotta dedicate a show for that. Maybe you guys would like that. maybe people will be in on that. all right, that's it for me today. I'm supposed to be doing another podcast coming up. Also, know what I did today because I'm lazy i I did instacart for the first time, so I instacarted um my groceries and um it's supposed to be coming between two and four p m so it's one fifty five so if I'm downstairs and they come to the door, do you think they'll leave it in the hallway? That'd be pretty cool if they did, but I hope they got all my stuff. I hope they don't give me the knockoff brands. So I did Instacart for the first time today. So I'll tomorrow I'll have an update on uh, how my Instacart experience was. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to lock in a day, not next week and not the week after. But I'm gonna lock in a day to do TV show endings. I think that'd be a very good, uh, a very good episode. All right, full so for Ty Anderson from Other Sports. I'm Joe Murray. There's been another edition of Just Sitting Here. Tomorrow we will have Adam Kaufman. He's from WBZ Radio. He's also from DraftKings. Um, so we'll we'll catch up with him. I haven't talked to him in a while. I like Adam. Good dude. Does a good job. And uh, we'll catch up tomorrow. Should be fun of course you can uh, chat into the show and you can uh, find everything and i everyone's been good good feedback on the shows uh spotify youtube itunes so appreciate everyone checking in i'm getting out of here today once again i'm joe murray just sitting here we'll talk to you tomorrow here on periscope and facebook live